we we don't have to worry about nothing cause we got the fire and we're burning one hell of a something they they're gonna see us from outer space yeah, I'm really sorry about Pod it's nothing serious no it is like we're the stars of the human race human race where did you two go? A surgeon never kills a patient. An anesthesiologist can kill a patient, but a surgeon never can. Don't be scared, Mom. You'll see. You won't be able to move either. To get used to it. Where is she? What did you do to her? Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 225 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast is coming at you live and direct with the homie Double Shot J, also known as JP. And back in the house for a second straight week, we have the one and only Dave Zia Later from the Exploding Heads Horror Podcast. And of course, it'd be the Canuck, and still not giving a fuck, your host and forever, the Toxic Offender Moods. What's going on, dudes? What's going on, boys? Hey, what's happening? I think I pronounced Canuck. I, I like overaccentuated the K or something. It's like Canuck. That was weird. But I was going to ask about Canucks. I was listening to something the other day. It was a podcast, and I remember somebody talking about Canucks, but they say it in a in a friendly way. And me growing up in Buffalo, being so close to Canada, I always thought that it was a slur. Even though we had the Vancouver Canucks, that never made sense to me. But I was like, anytime something with somebody was talking negatively about a Canadian, they, the words would straight up be <laughs> fucking Canucks. Fucking Canucks. So I always thought it was a slur. But right. Apparently, it's not. Okay. See, when I was a kid, I used to think the the Yankees was a slur, and I'm. I was like, but it doesn't make sense because they're the New York Yankees. Because because a lot of Canadians to refer to any American would be like fucking Yankees, right? Like that's what it was. And I was like, but it's right. not. But there's a team called the Yankees, and we know what the Yankees is. And I'm just like, okay, very confused. So yeah, on the contrast of the Canuck thing, no, it's not a it's not a slur. It's just it is what it is. It's Canuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But isn't that something? But it makes sense because I had a good friend from Canada who was born and raised in Canada, but went to school. Spent his high school, you know, junior high and onward, he, he lived here, you know what I mean, in Buffalo. But right. he, I remember there was a few times he would say fucking Yankees as a fuck, as a derogatory thing. So, yeah. that's funny. That's, yeah. that's that's just being a product of Canadian. It's just, that's what it was. I don't know why it was like that. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's funny, though. It is funny, right? But it's, it's the same thing as saying the fucking Canucks, right? Fucking Canucks. Yeah, always dumb fucking Canucks. I would always hear that constantly. <laughs> like, I heard, I heard the C word as much as I heard some other racial slurs. And believe me, in the 80s, being an Italian kid around Italian people, I heard a lot. A lot of fucking racial slurs. Oh yeah, Ita- Italians that. just <laughs> there's no fuck there's no fucks given with <laughs> Italians, man. There's no fucks given, man. I had a couple of buddies that were no. like straight up Italian growing up too, and it's funny like how their parents would talk. It's just like so normal. It's so normal to just talk. Everyone's like, "What? 
<laughs> right? like, I know. You're just like, you're just like, <laughs> did I just hear that? And it's like totally not in a like, it's just in a normal conversation type way too. And I'm like, really? Wow. Okay. I guess that's the way it's going to be. But, uh, but yeah, so what's going on peeps, man? Episode 225. You know, I was thinking about this off the top of the show. What the fuck we're going to call this show? Because it's like really random. I was thinking about that too. Like it's not, Uh, there's, there's no specific theme to this because it's like, uh, if you guys didn't read the title of the show, it's, you know, uh, or the, the, the movies that are involved in the, in the show, it's like killing of a sacred deer and possum, you know, it's two modern films that I don't, I don't know where you could, what you could put this into. I mean, animals in the title <laughs> like one like one movie is like crazy symbolic i mean i guess the both the movies are symbolic yeah i mean they're, they're both symbolic type films like one's based off a greek myth and you know the other ones you know just i was thinking of... about calling it killing of a sacred deer and then possum is the bonus reveal because <laughs> it's easier right right yeah i just killing of a sacred possum because we usually always have these pretty <laughs> self-explanatory themes going on like killer right. baseball flicks and stuff but this one i was like wait a minute i don't really know because you can't really call it like symbolic or mythologic because it doesn't really work for both so right you um, know what's weird one movie one movie plays off like a kubrick movie and the other movie plays off like a fucking david lynch movie right yeah for real but it, but, like, it, but in a sense their they, style they are kind of similar though in in you know like the core narrative well i mean we'll get into the a little bit you know i mean one's obviously based on a very famous greek myth right um which Is i actually it? i actually remember talking about this specific myth in film class we weren't talking about the movie there was a movie made about it in like the 70s specific Is it killing of a sacred deer that's a greek myth yeah 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 so it's based off the um oh i can, I can never pronounce her name what is it the iliad or something yeah the, the <laughs> iliad was the, it the iliad yeah that's exactly what it is i can never pronounce it but i, I remember it, it's a very simple thing right it's about um it's based I'm right it's literally about it's kind of like an eye for an eye tale essentially right because there was a sacred right. deer that was killed and then this king basically told um this you know the other guy that you know you need to make this right by sacrificing your daughter which is th- what's the base basis of the Memphis, right a freaking daughter for a deer yeah so the daughter of king right. whatever his name is and then you know you want to make this right you got to sacrifice um iphigenia something like that i think it's if iphigenia i can't remember how to pronounce it but anyways that was the daughter's name but yeah so the greek myth but it's a pretty famous one. It's essentially just, you know, in street terms, an eye for an eye, right? Right, 100%. Right? It is, yeah. totally, right? So, but, um, so, this just happened. <clears throat> I got to bring this up. Like, okay. 100% got to bring this up right now. Because oh. this literally just happened about an hour ago. And I, you know, we were talking for like the last hour before the show, but I didn't mention it because I wanted your guys' reaction. Okay. On the show. Okay. So, all right, I got to find, okay, so, so this whole Is it good or bad? Okay, so I'll I'll give you a little bit of context here. So, like, I've been on Instagram for, fuck, I don't know, eight or nine years, and I never get hate comments on Instagram, ever. Like, maybe once or twice. I've had minor, minor things. Like, no one ever really brings their venting or their hate comments or their trollness to Instagram like in long formatted comments, but they did today. (laughs) 
Okay. Um, so <laughs> this dude, and it's funny because I didn't notice the name when I responded back, but I'm like, okay, this has got to be the same dude that has trolled us and mentioned he, like he's, I know he's a listener of the show because he's had different accounts on YouTube and stuff, but his name on here is heart Seth nine. Now I recognize the heart. Cause remember we had that one dude, his name was something heart and he was just like insane a couple years back. Patrick Hart. That's not, him. no, it's a different dude. It was, this guy was like, he was completely obsessed with us. And, and anyway, and anyways, there was another um, name on there too. And it was something Seth. And then this all kind of came together and it's like, this one's heart Seth nine. I'm like, it's gotta be the same dude with all these multiple accounts. It has to be because even reading back the way his English is, I think he might be foreign. I don't know. But so this one dude, he comments, Pavel music. He's, he's a fan. He, he comments on all my shit and he's like, not oh, going to yeah. lie. He's like, not going to lie. Pretty disappointed on the Jeremy news. And I responded, we all are. And then this was like a few days back. And then there was a comment today. And then this kind of started off a, kind of started off a I mean I don't really get pissed off at this shit but it is what it is but I thought this was kind of interesting the way it was worded too because mm-hmm. this also involves Dave Z so Uh-oh. it says and he's res- <laughs> and he's re- and he's responding to Pavel music and it says I will never listen to any show JP is is on ever two-faced <laughs> hypocrite he is the oh. worst podcaster I've ever listened to his only point in every conversation is to take the opposite of everyone's lame or when y'all talk about an old classic movie, he has to tell long, boring story about how he saw the movie back in the day. I knew from the first episode <laughs> of Room Morgue 200 something was like, why is why is he on this? How could Dave Z sit there without defending Jeremy fucking exploding fuck exploding heads too? I went out of my way to make comments here and not on YouTube. Okay, so I want to understand what that even means. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? Dave Z not defending Jeremy. First of all, Dave Z was not on the show in question about why we parted with Jeremy in the first place. And to set the record straight, it wasn't just because of one comment on the show. It's been building for years and stuff. We just we have a mutual parting. Jeremy knew that he fucked up. He told us he fucked up, right? And mm-hmm. I want people to understand that it, we all talked about it and he's like, it's probably the best thing for us. And we're like, okay, it sucks, but this happens with bands. It happens with everybody. It, it just happens. We're not, it not happened friends before. Right. <laughs> this is actually the second time this with has happened. Jeremy. Right. So well, nobody knew that to though, get but, the point across. Right. We did not kick Jeremy off the show. Right. It was a mutual thing. He knew he fucked up, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So then I, it, I, first of all, it's not Dave Z's place that's, to defend Jeremy. That's what I'm saying. Hold up. Wait a minute. Why would, if I'm sitting here with you two, look at the, think of it from this perspective. So you guys, you know, I, I get to come on the show and hang out with you two. Um, I'm friends with Jeremy. I'm, I'm tighter with you two, of course, but I mean, I, how, how would this person who's listening, what would I say? You guys are talking about Jeremy, and you're not putting him down at all. You're just saying this happened, this, uh, it's a change of, whatever the fuck it is. It's right. a difference of opinion and this and that, whatever it is. Why would I raise my hand and say, listen, you guys, um, I think, you, I think you done fucked up. I, I don't think Jeremy really said anything wrong. Why would I come on the show well, and say that? This What's was my, point with that? even if I felt that way, this was my whole why? point. I'm like, why would Dave Z be a guest on a show and be like, no, you guys are wrong for, uh, for kicking off Jeremy. And like, first of all, it's not Dave Z's business. We were just letting everybody know. And you know, like the listeners, Dave is also a listener of the show. He's a fan of the show. So it's like, we're talking to him too. We're just letting him know what's up. <laughs> He's right. not here to defend. And I'm thinking to myself going, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean defend Jeremy? There's nothing to defend. He admitted he was wrong. That's true. Like, it's ridiculous, right? right? It was just absolutely ridiculous, man. So uh, Maybe he worded it wrong. Maybe he's, maybe this person's mad because 
I was the one that was here and Jeremy wasn't. Maybe it's like, oh, well, he's an asshole or something. Maybe because this happened. This is so fucking. And when you started to talk, I didn't know. Yeah. Full disclosure to anyone listening. I didn't. I knew a little bit about things that happened in the background. Not the whole thing. But when Mooch brought it up last week, you noticed I got quiet. I didn't even know that was going to be addressed on the show at all. So I didn't know where they, they were at this point. This, that's full disclosure for me. So when he started saying it, I just kind of sat here quietly. I wasn't uncomfortable because I knew it, but I was like, okay, right. th- so that's what he's saying. They're going to talk about it. No big deal. But this is the second time this has happened to me. Mm-hmm. The other time it happened was once before with the skeleton crew when there was a falling out and it was th- there was things going on and I it was um, scheduling issues were happening and it was w- w- Dan Chase wasn't on the show anymore and it, it finally came to a thing like like with you guys and Jeremy so a show came out and all of a sudden I was there and things were being said and I didn't say anything critically about Dan I asked a few questions and this and that and, but I mean but I remember there was some backlash from that. Like saying, uh, so this has happened to me before. So it, it's so odd that it happened again because, <laughs> I mean, what do you do in a position like that? I'm not gonna fucking. Why would I huh? badmouth the people that I'm here and that I'm friends with? And why would I? Why would I badmouth anybody on the show? Honestly, the situation has literally nothing to do with me at all. And there's no, there's no. <laughs> Jeremy doesn't need defending. No, that's it, the thing. There's nothing to defend. No, he admitted that he he messed up and and to. To go on Moods' point further, um, it, it's not just a singular time or comment. No, it, it was. There's more to it that we're not going to go into. And, and that's, it, I went on to say that too. I said, you know what, man? It wasn't a single, it wasn't an isolated situation. It was, you know, things have been happening for years. There's a lot of things that people don't understand behind the scenes of shit. It's like anything, right? It's like what you see from right. bands, right? Like you see, you know what you know, but there's more to the story. There always is. Right. There's always that shit behind the scenes. I'm like, bro, we just don't need to disclose that publicly because it's none of your business. Right. Yeah. You ever watch like behind the music on page one or like the E true Hollywood story about a fucking TV show? It's the same type of shit, you know? Yeah. Also (laughs) his, uh, his thing about he said, my only point in the conversation is to take the opposite of everyone else's. (laughs) <laughs> well, he must be taking that literal when it happens, he must be but... <laughs> taking that literal because we joke about that and i've said that many times about you i'm like jp is literal he's the literal definition of a fucking devil's advocate right, right but i'm also but... joking because he doesn't do that all the time and i'm like it's just a thing to joke about because people kind of take what we say sometimes a little bit too damn serious and too literal i'm like no it's actually kind yeah, of a fucking fault. joke he really does yeah. not do that all the time but i will definitely point it out when i feel like he's doing it purposely because i know there is times and i think jp will admit that he's fucking done it on purpose specifically to to further on the conversation and be annoying fuck but you know it it happens but he doesn't do it all the time that's the point i don't feel like i i ever i don't feel like i've even there was one time that you admitted lately we we were actually (laughs) skyping one night i can't remember what movie it was or whatever and you're like i purposely got you going and I was like, I know you did. You're playing devil's yeah. advocate for this. And, and, and the funny thing was, is like, I, in my heart, I'm wait, like, this wait. motherfucker knows that he's just playing. Okay. He's, he's agreeing with me, but he wants to piss me off right now. But, but here's the thing, too, is I'll never take a stance of something I don't feel either way. Right. Like, if I'm not going to lie and say, oh, I feel this way about the movie just for conversation's sake. Like, I might say, like, I could see where somebody might feel this way, but I don't or whatever. 
but also i don't feel like i've i feel like in the last like months it's been you and dave uh parker i don't feel or me and dave parker i don't feel like i i've really uh had the opposite stance very often lately no um but also the the thing about (laughs) when we talk about an old classic movie i have to tell a long boring story about how i first saw it i if if those stories are are long and boring, that's news to me. I, I mean, what is it? Maybe two minutes, dude. You know what's actually really ironic <laughs> about that? Because we're very nostalgic and we like to tell stories. It's kind of funny that he brought up, and I, this made me laugh when when I read that about you telling the long story about you know your history with the film or whatever. I'm like. I got congratulated by, I think it was Blu-ray Lantern, actually, about my two live crew story last week. And I'm like, okay, so you're mm-hmm. getting bashed for your fucking nostalgia, and I tell a story that's not even related to horror films. We're talking about censorship and parental advisory stickers. I'm telling two live crew stories about strip clubs in Vancouver, and I'm being congratulated, and you're being harped on. I'm like, hmm, there's something fishy about this. Don't we always this. do that, though? Talk about when we first seen something? But it, it's, it's true, because, like, you know, like, we're getting older. Like, we have these stories, Right. It's just the way it is. And I right. like to tell stories if it's interesting or whatever. I don't always, there's sometimes I'll think about something. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to tell that on the show, but I, right. I just always thought, you know, the two live crew thing was, it was fun. It's interesting because it was crazy. So, so anyways, this conversation, how did I respond to, yeah. So that was his comment. And then I responded by, I said, why would Dave Z defend Jeremy? He wasn't even on the show and had nothing to do with him at all. You're completely wrong about JP. He's not a two faced hypocrite at all. Where do you get that notion from? He's a very genuine person. Nobody is forcing you to listen to the show Good Riddance. So I was very polite. Like, I'm usually very polite when I respond to comments, right? So then I went on to say, I was like, bro, like, we're recording in a couple hours. I'm like, thanks for the conversation piece. We'll definitely be bringing this up on the show. And I wanted to let him know that we are going to bring this up. Because for someone that, and I know because this has happened in the past where I've had people leave comments and are like, I'm never listening to the fucking show again. He will respond to this conversation. Guaranteed therefore i'm right he will he will be listening to this conversation because i kind of told him we're gonna be talking about it anyways but um this is funny though because he goes on to say that uh we're doing jeremy wrong mm-hmm. well, i'm getting there so then in pavel music he responds to heart again he just like jumps into this which is pretty cool pretty hold on he goes <laughs> i have another pre- thing too yeah he's mad he's like i'm only mad at jp like I, the, 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 here's a peek behind yeah. the curtain okay? it's weird right and and, and I was probably the one least upset at Jeremy out of the three of us. I out of me, that. Dave, yeah. and Parker, and Moods, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I was probably the one that was harping on Jeremy the least. And this guy's thinking that it was mainly me. That I'm the one that is, like, I convinced Moods and Dave that this needs to happen. Like, it's because you guys have a history hilarious. of bickering, but it's but it's but it was always in jest. It was part of the fucking show. You and but it's been years. Not since you always. Guys Me and Jeremy used way. to fight a lot, but honestly, yeah, it, yeah. If, if I'm be, if I'm being straight up honest, I'm probably closest to, Jer- to Jeremy out of Moods and Dave right now in in present day. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I me and Jeremy have been like, like pretty close the last couple years. So it's funny that right this on. guy's blaming me. He said he said that I see JP ruining this the most. Like that it was me who mostly caused. Yeah, this. me, me, and the, I mean, and the reason for that too is that you guys are a little bit closer in age and stuff. And like, I just I separate myself from a lot of shit. I don't think people even realize that, but I don't actually talk to people very often. In fact, like I'm like Dave Z. Like we're completely pretty much off Facebook, and like I post on Instagram, yeah. but it's just pictures. Like I don't really conversate with people. I just kind of do my own thing, and it's solely because I'm older, married with kids, and I got a lot of shit going on, man. Like I'm always doing shit, right? 
So it makes a lot. It makes a lot of fucking sense, you know. And and, and here's another thing too. Like I talked to Jeremy Daly, and whenever this all happened, I, I I actually got on Skype to talk it out with him and make him feel better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like for me to get the blame of it is like fucking crazy to me. No, and um, I, I it was the same an equal thing. part decision. Mm-hmm. Like we all agreed, including Jeremy, but to 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 say that it's like I'm manipulating behind the scenes is like so off base to me. Right. No, dude, it's typical online bullshit. Somebody doesn't like you for some other reason, so they're gonna pin it on you. And as far as JP telling stories, that's fucking stories are, are the best shit. That's like I said <laughs> last show. I'm repeating myself again, but I any know. ass can come on and fucking say we're gonna review this movie for 45 minutes and fucking okay, I'm gonna I'll give it this rating or I don't, and I move on. Mm-hmm. The, that's what separates a good show like this and other shows yeah. that you care about what the hosts have to say and you like their stories. And guess what? If you don't like their stories and you don't care about the host, then don't fucking listen. I Sorry, I shouldn't say that it's a 22 shots audience, but that's the way I feel about every show. But it's like, it's it's a, ti- like it. it's a typical shit, man. People are like, oh, man, you know, like, you know, and people did respond to us talking about, you know, certain parts of the show and stuff. I'm like, if you don't want to listen to the intro, if you don't want to listen to this part right now, then just skip. There's the show notes. It's It, it doesn't, I don't, nobody expects you to listen to everything. You can pick and choose what you want to listen to. So, I mean, bitching about it is just ridiculous when there's show notes, but but Pavel music, he, he goes on to, he responds back to that heart Seth care character. And he says, I appreciate you listen to the podcast up to this point. And I was like, wow. Like you never really have people just like unselfishly defending you, but he's like, I appreciate like he's part of the show. Like it's, right, it's kind yeah. of interesting cool. how it's worded, right? Also, you're yeah. entitled to your opinion on podcasters and on, on 22 shots. Hope you find another show to listen to 22 shots and exploding heads are my two favorite shows. And I fully accept all jokes in my comments made. My disappointment lies that a member is down, but maybe due to a joke. But they run the show, and I'll accept it if it is for what it is. Uh, whatever podcast you choose going for is your choice, as long as you continue to support horror. Um, right, right. And then, so, he Hart, he ends up responding, he's like, you're doing Jeremy wrong, and for what? It's not like a Coca-Cola is going to sponsor your show. And I'm like, what the fuck? It has like, nothing to do with sponsorships. It, if something made three of the four hosts uncomfortable and not enjoying the time, then the three of the four hosts can make a choice to remove said problem. And what kind of people would you be? So this guy's basically saying, oh, well, if it was for money, then I could say, okay, go fuck your friend over and sell out. <laughs> That's what they're saying. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I responded. Point, Dave. Oh, my sure. God. I was just like, bro, like, it's ridiculous. I didn't even really know what to say that. I was like, okay, that's just the like, fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen. But, that but makes then- you good people because you don't there – is, there is nothing about it that means that. This is just a personal decision, and you're like, well – you know, I mean, that's 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 people being genuine. And, and fucking, it wasn't. And, and Jeremy knows that it was stu- like he literally messaged me afterwards and was like, "Fuck, I, I was that, that was stupid." Like, so it's not even like that. It's like he doesn't agree. He he feels like we're we're what we took was wrong to to not not like what he said. You right. know what I mean? Like right. he he agrees. Oh, I don't, where, where did this com- comment come from? Which one? Oh, there was like another. Co- I didn't even see this comment. I just saw it right now. Is like, I must be dumb. I thought you were friends and went to his house and shit, like doing the podcast for fun. I'm only mad at JP. <laughs> oh, fuck! I just realized I didn't even notice I that know. comment until right now. That's what I'm saying, bro. 
and then because I because I responded to him, and I, I you know at this point I'm like, you know I'm like you know so Jeremy's saying you know racist things or whatever, and I'm like you know you're a complete moron for like you know he's basically saying that he's kind of supports Jeremy and all this type of stuff. I'm like you know it is what it is, right? Um, but I said it has nothing to do with sponsorship. I said it has to do with our morals. Like at the end right. of the day, that's what this whole thing was about. I'm like, dude, if you're going to sit there and say we did him wrong when completely it was comments that were made throughout the time that were making us feel uncomfortable and it's not good for anybody. It's really not good for anybody. Right. And then like, I don't understand the whole spawn. Like where the fuck does these notions even come from, man? It's just crazy shit to me, man. Ugh. But then it is crazy, but it is, it's like, but I it's, want- it's not only about that too. I mean, like, you got to look at it from from other points of view, man. I mean, it's not about like just sponsorships and stuff. It's about personal enjoyment. Like we do this for fun and it's it's not about like getting more listeners or getting less listeners because of this shit. It's a lot of it has to do with just personal feelings about what we feel and what we want to be associated with. And if 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 me moods and Dave doesn't want to be associated with you know, these type of jokes or, or, you know, statements, that's our decision. It's, we we created this shit and yeah, like Jeremy helped create it too, but me and Moods have been here since the very beginning and never left. Like, uh, like to me, that says that, that, that means a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's just, it's just a decision that was made uh, based on not just one situation, but multiple situations from a course of years. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it wasn't the first time. (laughs) This comment was weird too. It's like coming from heart Seth again. He's like, when you mention it on the show, now I follow all of you on Letterboxd, YouTube and iTunes for years. And I don't know anything private. So he's referring to, when I mention shit that goes on behind private, of course you wouldn't know because yeah. we don't fucking yeah, talk about that shit. Private. Yeah. So I see JP ruining this the most. I could, I could have said more negative, uh, this about him personally, but I won't because he can't handle it. And I was like, uh, please indulge us with your overall thoughts. Like, trust yeah, me, no, he can I, handle I'm anything. Curious. I could definitely handle it. No, it's, I, I, I even <laughs> responded. I said, trust me, you can handle it anything a troll like you will you know say to him we've been doing this shit for like a decade now nothing phases us and it's completely true like people think that when have i ever not been able to handle like i've had way worse comments than that about me (laughs) and some of the stuff they say is actually true those ones hurt the worst (laughs) you know what i mean where they say some shit that's actually true and you're like fuck (laughs) but like i've never i've never been like i I have thick, thick skin. If we dude. took like, this shit personally, nothing dude, is going to hurt my feelings. We would have stopped years yeah, and true. years ago because we. There's been, you know, everybody gets their, you know, their, you know, their their piles of hate and shit like that. And and if you take that shit too serious, man, you know, it ends up hurting your mentality. And, and a lot of people throw in the towels where it obviously has not affected us because we're going still. Like, we like to acknowledge this stuff instead of just, you know, burying it and be like, oh, that didn't happen. They didn't say that shit. You know, I don't want people to know what other people are saying bad about us and stuff. I'm the first person in the world. I, I like to talk about it because I, I personally Dude, like I love to listen to it. I like the feedback, <laughs> whether it's positive or negative, and it's, and it's totally fine. Like, if you have good constructive criticism, that's fine. Hate comments are just as fun. It makes good conversation like this. It, it, and, and to be honest, I've mentioned it before. Like, you know, the more times people fucking hate on shit, it just makes me want to do more. I get motivated by it. I love it. 
But I, I think that a lot of these comments are a little bit unwarranted and they're just kind of taken out of context and just not really understanding the situation and stuff. So whatever, I, I'm not going to sit here. I mean, they feel like they're very trolly and I feel like this guy has multiple comment or, um, you know, accounts and stuff because the names kind of yeah, like well, changed this, around. This and account is very weird because yeah. um, he doesn't have any posts in Instagram right. account. And if you look at his fault, fo- who he's following, it's mostly porn stars. <laughs> right. It's not got, even joking. But Mostly, I never looked Mia into that. But. Malkova, uh, Ariel Ferreira, Elsa Jean. What the fuck? Uh, the, most of these are all porn stars. That is on. too funny. But like I said, though, the name is very synopsis with a bunch of other, um, you know, usernames that have been used in the past with Hart and, and, and Kim Seth Kardashian. And, and all this, type, like, it's just a variation on the name. And, uh, I'm like fuck, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. It's funny. It made for a good conversation. I just thought it was really funny See, that. That's he... what I'm gonna say. Mood. That's exactly it. You guys will talk about it, as will I on, on any show I do. And that's what I like. So many other shows, you know, they they always say, "Well, we're not gonna acknowledge that." No. Or, and that's fine. I, I understand. We're gonna take the high road, and we're not gonna, you know, don't feed the trolls. I get all that. However, as a listener. I don't know if I'm a fucked up person, but I love listening to stuff like this. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it, it, I enjoy it. it. It's exciting. It's out of the ordinary instead of just coming on here and just saying, well, uh, yeah, uh, did you hear they're going to have a, uh, someone's been going to in the, going to be in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. They cast somebody else now or something. You know, the same sh- shit you hear on every fucking show. Right. See, I don't know. To me, this stuff is fun and I'm glad, you know, you guys talk about it. That's that to me. That's a, a positive for a show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not afraid to because so. I actually really I, I think it's <laughs> right. It's right. I mean, we say things on the show, and you know, we can be accountable for certain things and stuff. But like when you know when listeners respond, like you also have to hold them accountable for what they're saying too. So I, I'm going to talk about it. Right. I hope he listens to this. Yeah, I mean, I told him I'm going to talk about it, and like when I say shit like that, I follow through with it. <laughs> Like, I'm not just, like, Dude, blowing smoke honestly, up your ass, like, bro. I'm like, oh, I'm going to scare him into listening to the ep- next episode. I'm legitimately going to fucking talk about it and read it out word for fucking word. Cause it's and fun. honestly, like, he says that I can't handle it. I'm not even upset over these comments. Like, I thought that most of it was no, like, kind of hilarious. That's why I responded. I'm like, of course he can handle <laughs> it, man. We haven't been around for 10 years because we can't handle, you know, comments like this. In fact, and it's it's the polar opposite. Like, it's the polar opposite. It it motivates us, and now we're just like we're buzzing from this man. It's, it's making us want to do the show more. It's awesome. It's great. And Thank also, you. like just to throw this out there too, man. Like none of us are like ecstatic that Jeremy's not on the show. No, it doesn't. Like, it, we're kind of no. bummed out. Like right. it, it kind of sucks that it didn't work out. You know what I mean? Like it, it one, it's fucking harder to make sure we have three hosts on shows. That's a pain in the ass. And two, like we like Jeremy. I do. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like, I mean, I was literally, he literally texted me yesterday and told me they love me and happy birthday and shit. You know what I mean? It's not like we hate, hate Jeremy. Oh, all of a sudden. that's why it's you're just, fucking work. I didn't even fucking say happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, man. I forgot about yeah, that. Me too. I didn't even know. Well, it's because I'm not on Facebook, so I don't get those notifications. I can't remember people's birthdays. I can't even remember my, my fucking wife and kid's birthday, man. They're two days apart in March. <laughs> No, it's dude. I never would get mad at someone for for getting a birthday. That that's one of the stupidest things yeah. to get mad at people for. Right, right. Because it's just so easy to forget. You yeah. Know? It's like I. 
especially if you're someone like me, like I don't even fucking pay attention to the date, bro. Like I'm just like I just go with the flow, you know. Right. And, uh, so yeah, but no, yeah. So yeah, he texted me yesterday. I he we we bullshit all the time about other shit and stuff like that. We're all still friends. It's it, it just happened this way, and that's what that's what happened. And uh, it's there's like nobody's like sitting here jumping up and down excited that oh we got rid of him finally you know what I mean yeah it's like, like it's like some it's people wanted they're 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 putting it on us like we fucking wanted this to happen and shit I'm like why would we want this to happen right? right like this makes no sense why would we ever do something for ten years and just be like bro see you later man no you know how it, it is it, he's it, just a Jeremy fan you know how fans are you know what I mean of, of well anything. nice to if see the fan, Jeremy somebody... fans come out of the damn woodwork whenever something yeah. happens it would be nice if we I just had find those it guys so... people to like Jeremy's the worst podcaster ever it's so incredibly <laughs> odd though like how people it, it, okay whatever I mean people can have their favorites on shows that's just the way it is you know I mean it, it, you know it's just the way it is but when you specifically go out of your way to just be like, JP's the worst podcaster ever and he's a fucking piece oh. of shit and like this, I'm like, what the fuck? Like the worst podcaster. I can think Dude, of, I can think I, of two off the top of my head right now that are very popular that are way not in JP's league. Like I'm like, oh, fuck Dude, no. I'm definitely not the worst podcaster ever. Like oh, I, no. I, I might not be the best, but I listen to po- a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I've no. listened to a lot of podcasts. There are some people out there who are legitimately horrible and will never I share agree. their true opinions on something. And also just like th- will literally just repeat verbatim like other stuff that they heard people say. Now so, I know who's doing all I'm the thumbs downs. It, you know, it's kind of funny, man. Like my videos lately have been fucking like I obviously don't get the views I used to and stuff, which is totally fine. But it's funny because the only hate that I'm getting on right now is the fucking Rue Morgue videos. <laughs> like it's Wait, this, you're getting hate on the Rue Morgue videos? Really? The, all my videos are like 100 except for hip hop. The hip hop videos always get thumbs downs because I have some horror fans that don't agree with me doing a second half of the channel. They don't like that I do music. I've had right. people say to me, it's they're like, like, they're like. Uh, you know, hip hop doesn't go with horror. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm going to keep fuck doing you. it because I like music and that's what I do. And like this one dude is like, yeah, I just thumbed down all your videos. And I'm like, oh, thanks for telling me that. Cause that's very noble. No one ever tells you that, but whatever. I don't really give a shit. But the point is like all my recent like reviews that I've done for, you know, the PR reviews and shit like that. And uh, it, the Rue Morgue ones are the ones that are taking the ass end of shit. And I'm like, and I'm reading these comments going today. Well, it's quite obvious who's doing the thumbs down. You know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> he just fucking told me without telling me and i just thought it was really funny actually but but uh, see to me when i read this guy talking i it makes it sound like that there's something that that i said before that he really doesn't like or something mm-hmm. and now yeah. he has a vendetta against me That's like what it's, I said. He to me like it you. sounds yeah. like there's something it sounds like more than just like criticism like i don't like jp because of this this and this it sounds like he's reaching and that it's like he, more deep than that he never did say that like I, I still think one of the funniest comments we ever got was like i fucking love 22 shots podcast but i hate jeremy so much that i can't listen to the show anymore <laughs> it was like something like very blunt right Dude, yeah we've definitely had those before too <laughs> yeah and it was just like i love jp moods but jeremy's just he, whatever and i was just like oh my god that's just like so brutal but like now it's like jeremy's on here so jp's gonna take the ass end <laughs> i'm like everything or something i'm right, like what yeah. the fuck is going on but it was just like are you kidding me i i, I think the funniest thing that was said that he, that you couldn't handle like he he didn't specifically talk to you about it because you couldn't handle it. I'm like, right. I'm like, and, what? And that's bullshit too. And listen, if this guy actually has criticism for me, like, like hey, 
uh, you would be better if you did this, this, this. I'm willing to listen, bro. Right. But like, th- if you're coming at me saying I, that, like, I ru- ruined the show because like Jeremy's gone now, and you know uh, that I can't handle fucking criticism and stuff. Like, that's a little ridiculous, homie. Like, <laughs> you, you need to come at it from a different angle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's dude. I've seen you fucking handle criticism. Straight up in fucking group chats, fucking people coming at you guns a blazing, and you keeping your cool. So, and I've seen you on the other end, maybe five, six years ago, going fucking heads up, and, and so be it. So <laughs> right. that's definitely not JP. And I'll say one more thing about the Jeremy thing, what they said about me, because I was thinking about this. Who the fuck am I to come on here? <laughs> and when Moods brought it up, and when the discussion started on on the on last week's show, who would I to be saying anything positive or negative about Jeremy? It's honestly none of my fucking business. Right? Am I right? right. Nothing to do with me. That's why so, I was like, did, I, that's like, why I was like, are you going to go into someone else's house and tell them that they like the way that they organize their kitchen is bad and shit? You know what I mean? Like, it's come on. It's just, you know it's so, I mean? like, it's so like <laughs> immature though, because he's like, well, you know, Dave Z didn't stick up for Jeremy. So fuck. So I'm exploding never heads. listening to that show. No, he's always like, fuck exploding heads horror pod. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like this is getting just, now he's just being an asshole. <laughs> So if I would have come on here and defended Jeremy, he's going to say, well, that guy's fucking great. He's defending Jeremy to fucking these guys who just had this whole Dude, discussion that about it. Been the you know gr- what? Exploding Head is great. Our fucking <laughs> review, fuck? if you had came on the show and just like been defending Jeremy and being like, you guys are bunch of, our, the reviews after would have been hilarious. It would have been awkward. We're like, why the fuck is this Dave Z guy coming on and just yeah, being like, fuck 22 shots weird. and their decisions, man. They're a bunch of dicks. You know, it's like. Come on, bro. That's not li- that's like. That's not if, life. If that was me, and I and I go on Exploding Heads as a guest, and all of a sudden they start talking about how you know Christian's not on the show anymore because of this, that, and the other, because he has bag milk or something. I'm just sitting. <laughs> right he's too. To he's too busy delivering bag shit. milk. Yeah, you can't do the show anymore. The schedule's right. so tight. I'm not Yo. saying shit, dude. Well, yeah, and, right. And oh, the thing yeah, is, what are you going to say? And the thing is, like, I didn't want like that was actually kind of one. That was one thing that I even mentioned. I think I did mention it to I'm not sure if it was a GP. I definitely mentioned it to Parker. But um, I said, yeah, we're going to have, you know, Zeon next week. And like we have to address or the next show and kind of thing. And I'm like, it, it might. I hope Dave doesn't feel awkward with it. I even mentioned that. I'm not sure if that was you, JP. Right, or if that was yeah, Parker. I did mention I that. And I was the like, same thing. Like, it would have been better had dave not like been there but it right you know, it just worked right out it's though. not like i wanted to have him on the show to address this situation and make him feel awkward and stuff that's why i was like hey we're just it's gonna be like ripping a band-aid off right now i didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable and shit right. but you know and i mean and it's not my place to say anything when you guys are having that discussion seriously right. what kind right. of asshole would i be to say anything at all on either side right. who wants to hear that from me right so. right so <laughs> <laughs> it's funny it's man. Just, people uh, are funny well it, it, yeah I know, man. It's just like, uh, sometimes I just like, I absolutely, I just want to do this every day when I get shit like that. Cause it's just so like, it was like about an hour before I'm literally setting up my laptop. I'm bringing it into the studio and my phone flashes and I look and I'm like, Oh, that looks like a book. He just wrote a book comment on there. I'm like, what's this? And I, I read it and I laughed. And Aaron, the wife's kind of looking at me because I'm always laughing to myself, right? Just kind of looks over like, eh, whatever. <laughs> my mood is freaking laughing by himself kind of thing. And and I'm like, oh, I, this is going to be a great conversation for the intro. That's all I said out loud. <laughs> See, and here's another thing with that too. And another reason why I don't get upset because like, dude, we have so many, and not to sound like cocky or anything, but like 
there's a lot of people who listen to this show, right? So whenever someone leaves those type of comments and we read them off on air, mm-hmm. most people aren't like, you know what, that guy's right. <laughs> you, most people are like, what an idiot. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's so never happened like, once. It, that's never happened once. It's like, right. Like you, you kind of make yourself look bad whenever we actually discuss this stuff because it's kind of just insane. The right. way that the, the the things that you were saying, like just I don't think that I they're obviously about me, so I'm a little bit biased, but I don't think they really well, apply that much. It's not even a bias. Like I was defending the shit out of you. I'm like, bro, right. like everything is just unwarranted here. Like it's just not correct. You're just you're just talking shit right now. And you know, I, I'm going to take the time because I have a little bit bit of time before we're recording. I'm going to respond to you as uh, you know as as nice as I can. <laughs> without being like going off the hinges because i will sometimes i'll just be a total dick and it, for, it's for my own it's for my own comedic sake though too because i get a kick out of it and some people read it and they're like man that guy's a dick but you know, it's like but i do it to make myself but you know it is i just wasn't really used to getting that on uh it's funny that he mentioned that he saved it for instagram than youtube I'm like, that would have been a way better place to put the comment on YouTube because other people, more people see that. Like Instagram, like I, right. fuck, I get like 20 or 30 likes on fucking pictures, you know, from the podcast. Like no one's going <laughs> to read your comments, bro. So Mood, moods, you know what the funniest thing about all of this is? <laughs> Just last week, last show, you were talking about how fucking drama free Instagram is. You know, know, I literally have only, and it's kind of funny, actually, I think this might be the third or fourth time I've ever had a comment that was, you know, straight hate kind of thing. Um, One of them actually was when I was beefing with Spalding69, another YouTuber, and his girlfriend got on there and called me an ugly piece of shit. And I I burst out laughing. I was like, that's the funniest shit ever. Um, But besides that, though, I think the only, there was one comment that someone called Jeremy piece of shit on there and someone else called JP for he was an idiot for his opinion or i'm just like he's an idiot for his opinion i'm like okay i'm not even responding to that i don't even think i respond i'm like he's an idiot for his opinion so you admit that it's an opinion everybody has an opinion bro cares so but it it was not even directed at me so all this hate shit i got is none of it's actually been directly at me except for the i'm an ugly fuck but (laughs) which you know i mean it's fair enough fair enough whatever i'm not gonna get mad you know it's like but uh but she didn't see you back when you had a skull it no, she, she hasn't seen. Scarlet, she hasn't she seen the beauty in me right now, that. man. It, you know, yeah. it, it's uh, it's it's amazing, dude. It really is amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put my hair in braids soon. It's gonna be awesome. But it, it, it's also funny too that like he basically says that he doesn't listen to the show, but he had to listen to that, right? Dude, it's funny how many times you get shit like that. Like, what do you mean you don't listen? But you happen to listen to this one. Right. Yeah. I don't understand where that's coming from, but actually it is funny because it was, it was probably about, I don't know, man, just, just after I got that comment on Instagram, somebody actually commented, this guy has commented before and this is actually on the podcast and it says, how is, how is Jeremy thing? Not a bigger deal in the comment section. Have y'all only listened to five episodes? NES Rollers is a founding member of this. Am I the only fan of his? It, it, but it, because I kind of mentioned it, where, before, I didn't see that one. Yeah, where did that come in? The com oh, apparently it came in. Yeah, it was about twelve o'clock my time, so a couple hours before. It was just after I got the one on there. Um, I just, I, I just made a joke about people's attention spans. I'm like, not, you know, because it was a little bit Jared, further. Th- it was a little bit further. Yeah, it was a little bit further into the intro, so it wasn't addressed uh, at the beginning like this one. So people probably clicked off halfway through and missed the whole. I called it. I didn't call it. I think in the show notes I call it. 22 shots announcement or something like that you know 
I kind of kept yeah. it a little bit cryptic a little bit. So it is, I didn't need to be, you know, it is what um, it is. But, but to, to make this guy feel a little bit better, not only was NES Roller 22 a founding member, you could probably actually say that he it was his idea. It was his idea. Um, he, so, <laughs> yeah, he kind of created this show in a way. He wanted to do a podcast. And at the time, I had legitimately never listened to a talk podcast ever right. when we started this. And even when we started recording, I'd never listened to one. I'd only ever listened to like what I would refer to as, you know, I guess podcasts from back in the day, which were more music based, right? It was music. There was talking, but it was more or less like, this a, like radio, like a radio, but you know, they would talk about shit. And that's how I used to do my radio show too. It was kind of the kind of similar. Like I would in between sets, I would talk about shit and, you know, and, and, but I was by myself though. Like I was literally just talking to myself being like, man, remember this song Dred Scott, you know, back in the day was fucking amazing from 94. I'm like, fuck you talking to you, man. I'm talking to the microphone, <laughs> the audience show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely was his, uh, it was definitely his idea to do the show for sure. Yep. So, and I wasn't even involved. At the beginning. Hence why the, the name of the show starts with 22. <laughs> it was actually, uh, just supposed to be you guys you two and then moods said what about a third person and invited me yeah i kind of felt like you know having three voices on there would probably be ideal i didn't really know much about podcasting but but at the same time i guarantee you if i wasn't involved it would have never kept going this long if oh. it was just you two no jeremy would have gave up before then oh absolutely absolutely i probably yeah, would i can't see moods and jeremy just doing a two-man show for fucking 200 episodes i just 10 years yeah <laughs> i can't see that i don't know not like you know jp in our room work 200 challenges we have 100 we have 198 episodes left just to keep people reminded <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tomorrow, actually in fact we're actually recording, uh, we're recording vampires yeah we're recording vampires tomorrow yeah. What John John Carpenter's? No, no. no. Uh, oh, the one, I, we Jose. talked about it last week. The Laurent's film from seventy four. Yeah, yeah, that one. So right on. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, does shit, man? What else is uh, what else is going on, guys? Um, so <laughs> spent, like, did the whole you guys see about the, that. I know we don't talk about news, but I was so excited when I seen this. Did you guys hear that they're doing a uh, like an it prequel TV show for um, HBO Max? No. What? Yeah, it's called Welcome to Dairy, and it's gonna it's gonna basically be. And I've always said this too. Like when the last two movies came out, I was like, they could do either a sequel or at very least a prequel to this because not only do they mention a lot of the lore in the movies but like in the book there's a rich history of dairy and like all the shit that happened over oh, the of course. course of yeah. years oh, that you could just keep yeah. making more st stuff like the old west stuff and right. the uh ironworks and all that well yeah because um, in the narrative it, it, it what it's every hundred years is that what it is no every uh tw 20 30 years every 30 years yeah 30 years right. yeah, yeah i was i was just a little bit off there <laughs> yeah, because if it was every hundred years after they killed him the first time, they wouldn't be able to. Right, right. I, I knew I was wrong. <laughs> Ruben, I said a hundred years. I'm like, I don't think it's every fucking, you know, like, uh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Right. But every century is like. Yeah. Hey, how much is it for uh, for the creeper? The creeper? Yeah. The Jeepers Creepers. Remember, yeah, he comes right. back only every. Uh, 23 many? years. No. Okay. Is I was going to say 27. I don't know. I thought why. it was 27. It might too. be 27. Yeah. It's something like that. No, every 23. 
23 years for 23 days, 27 years for 27 days. It might, I can't oh, okay. remember. It, it's it's one like of those. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, so this but, HBO show, is anybody involved that has to do with the movies at all? Uh, there's no, nothing that, yeah. is nothing is it's in super early development so basically well, i want to see somebody so basically what you well, mean is that mick garris is going to be directing this then no <laughs> well i'm hoping that at least uh scar's guard plays pennywise i can't really I see sure it any other so. way at this point i hope so really Dude, you actually think he would proof. return to tv to do the pennywise character again yeah well i mean he did some tv he did um uh what do you call it the uh Castle Rock, Stephen King show. You know what? I never checked that out. I, I was interested because, like, I was always super bummed out when Stephen King got away from the whole Castle Rock, um, I guess, world, right, in his books. Because he, he stopped mm-hmm. using Castle Rock in his books yeah. at, at a certain point. And remember, like, th- there was, like, I remember reading articles on Castle Rock. And, like, you could you could kind of incorporate all the books into certain parts of Castle Rock. And, like, it painted this picture. And I'm like, wow, this world of Castle Rock is huge. Like, it's got, yeah. like, needful things over here, and it's got, like, this story and this story, and they're all, like, around the same. It was really cool when I – that would be fucking cool, you know? Yes. Is that yep. what Castle Rock's like? Do they incorporate other things from other stories, or is it just its own I, kind I of narrative? I think it was supposed to be like that, but every, yeah. like, season or something. Because, like, the second season is a prequel to Misery. It's, like, Annie Correct. Wilkes when she yeah. was a nurse and oh, stuff. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. The first one had a lot of what do you call it? The first one had a lot of I, I okay now it's been a, a minute since I've seen it but I want to say it was based um in Jerusalem's lot and oh, okay. so they had things like that going on but they had different little nods and different things to other you know King stories that if you're a hardcore fan you're gonna be like oh right. okay and I'm I'm and I'm telling you I'm sure there's things that even I didn't catch so I'm, yeah I, was like, I remember watching it with my wife and saying oh okay that's from that and, and she would catch a couple but so Castle pardon me season one I don't think was as good as season two but season one seemed to have more of the uh, the King references like sprinkled throughout. Oh, okay, that's cool. cool. That's cool. Um, but I, I think that would be a perfect. Well, first of all, I'm glad it's on HBO Max because it kind of gives you like more reign to do like violence and stuff. Right. And then also, it like the long format might be good. Like I still think I would just prefer a movie, like a prequel movie. But I'll still take this because I think that the it world is like one of the the coolest in like horror and. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, you I'm, know, I'm, I'm, it's very rich. I'm kind of the same it's way, so dude. So untouched. When when it comes to movies versus you know TV series and stuff, I'm like, my mentality tells me that, bro, moods. You don't got time for fucking TV series, man. You can't watch right. ten hours of this shit. But I can I can sit around and watch seven movies in a row, which is like completely <laughs> blasphemy in itself, right? I could have watched the whole right. Castle Rock, but I wanted to watch seven movies, kind of thing. Spend way more time. But yeah, I think the movie format is just more, it's more like convincing and relatable. It's like, okay, I can spend, you know, three hours watching this and then just kind of get the same type of thing. But I do like the idea of something like Castle Rock being a series because I think there's a lot to explore, especially if you're going to put all these little anecdotes and stuff in there. Like I could just see them having characters like, you know, second and third, you know, type of secondary characters you know from other movies and shit and you kind of throw them into this mix and you're like oh shit man that's that's like a background character for character from like needful things like shit like that i love 
You know, you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to catch on to, but if someone tells you about it, you're like, that's fucking neat. That's awesome. I'm going to rewatch that shit. Right. Right. So. And they did do that in the second season. I just don't think it was as pronounced. They right. did it more. It seems like the first season, they, they really set out to do that. They still did it in season two, mm-hmm. just not as much. But I still think two is a better a better season overall. But, Mood, you know what I do? Mm-hmm. You know what's great about TV shows? I, I don't know what you do, like, you know, as far as like what you watch with like family and stuff, but TV shows in my house are 90 percent that that means that that's a family thing like if there's an it tv sh- no we watch the movie anyway but still that well, uh, a tv show is what me and my wife and my daughter watch like we'll spend an hour every day watching like an episode or, or two depending you know so right. that's what i like about shows like, right right when it comes to tv or movies eh. my kid doesn't watch tv like you can't even you can't even force him to sit down and watch tv like there's He's just not fucking YouTube, right? <laughs> no, no. The thing is, like, no. we don't really allow him to go on too much anymore because he has got like the crazy right. addictive personality. Like he just won't get away from it. But when it comes to TV, it's not like that though. Like he he won't watch TV. He just won't. He has no interest in movies. He has no interest in TV shows. Um, anything. He's just doing his own thing all the time. So it's not like the worst thing in the world. But when it comes to TV, no, like no. my wife, she watches like every show that's on Netflix and like half the <laughs> shit I just have no interest in. <laughs> So, like, if there ever is something, like, Castle Rock is something that she would be into because we were actually legitimately just talking about Misery yesterday because I told her she wanted to read a book. And I was like, you ever read Misery before? And she's like, no. So she read Misery and then watched the movie. And we were talking about how she enjoyed the book way more than the movie because it's so much more Great violent. Book. The book is just brutal. I think the I think the movie's way better than the book. Oh, man. Like, man, the book is so the much more violent. It, it's brutal. Like, she just tortures. I like the fact that she cuts off his thumb in the book and uses it as a birthday See, candle. That's, that's what I don't like because I, I feel like if they would have did that in the movie, it would have came off cheesy. Like, they, she cuts it off and puts it on her birthday cake. You don't think that would come off cheesy? No, it's a not thumb, in that dude. Movie. It's a thumb, dude. It's a serious movie. Like she's torturing the shit out of right. him. Like she's literally torturing. Why not just cut his thumb off? It's his birthday. You need a candle, <laughs> yeah. right? In that movie, I think it would. But worked. I think the hobbling is worse than the the what they do in the book. Yeah, well, I mean, so like we started it talking about better. it because she she had never seen or she'd never read uh, Pet Cemetery before. So I, I told her to read Pet Cemetery and then watch and then rewatch the movie. We'd she'd watch Pet Cemetery before. And she's like, they're they're so different, and I'm like, yeah, like it's been a long time since I've read Pet Cemetery, but I was like, she was reminding me about things, and I'm like, yeah, it's like a lot different. And, she, and she's like, I don't even know which one I like better. She's like, I don't know which one I like better. And she's like, the movie That's a visually tough one because is I like so hard things about the book more. Yeah, like it's the movies when you get that visual of Gage getting hit by the fucking rig and shit, you're just like, bro, like it's so insanely brutal on your eyes, and you're like, oh, okay. But like you can vision things a lot differently, and the book is quite different. So yeah, well, the, I the biggest am not difference a fan to of the book, <laughs> believe it or not, I love Misery. Misery is a top five King novel for me because yeah. I love hearing um, his thoughts throughout the thing and, and the things that he's going through when he's drunk up half the right. time and everything else. That's that stuff you don't get at all in the movie. You don't get his inner thoughts. Right. So I love that. My issue with the Pet Cemetery book is the way King writes um, Jed's drawl. Like the dialogue over and over, it just it got grating on me. I wish mm-hmm. it didn't, because I love King's work. But that was my one takeaway from the Pet Cemetery book. I didn't like seeing those words. Like it's hard to explain. Well, he, he also wrote. wrote no, I know, I know what you mean. He wrote Pet Cemetery yeah. when he was really fucked up, though, too, didn't he? That was one of the books that he wrote at that time. So maybe that's why oh, it just it seemed like it was really cool said, to him. He also has said on record that, like, to him, that's like one of the scariest. He felt like he almost went too far in that one. Hmm. 
I wish Timmy Bayerman was fucking scary as fuck in the book. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Much scarier than they made him in the movie. Much Who? scarier. Timmy Baderman, the kid that they fucking the first one they when they tried and he talked about what happened in the past when oh, the kid yeah, got yeah, killed yeah. and they buried him and he came back like the zombie guy. Yeah, dude, that yeah. was fucking you terrible. Know, I'm looking at my wall of Stephen King books over here, and it's like an, an entire bookshelf. You know, I'm really surprised that they never made a fucking Duma Key movie. You guys ever read that book? I did not. Dude. What year is it? It's not fucking 80s or 90s, is it? No, it's from the 2000s, man. I want to say it's okay. probably maybe later 2000s. It's got to be in the era of like 2009 to like 12, somewhere in there, I would say. So like Cell in fucking Under the Dome era. Yeah, like it's that. one of his better ones that he wrote at that time period, though. Like, I just remember reading the book being like, how is this? Like, this has got to get adapted because it's like it's such an interesting story. And it's so visual, like. I let the wife, uh, she read that one years ago too. And she's like, holy fuck, this thing would be cool. as like Because vi- it's so visual when you're reading it. right? It'd be kind of neat to see it on the big screen. And it's an interesting idea Damn. and shit. But I highly recommend Duma Key though. It was like, it's, you know, it's a full-fledged novel. And it's, uh, it's you know, it's not like, it's not like a 900 page book. So it doesn't kind of, it see you know how Stephen King kind of overdoes it at times? It gets very descriptive on things. It gets a little People bit say that, but I never actually feel that way when I'm reading it. I, I feel like yeah, I love it, there is moments in certain books where I'm just like, holy shit, dude, you just spent fucking 450 words closing a door. I'm like, man, that's, that's a little <laughs> bit much there. But uh, but Duma Key is the, it's a really interesting story. And I never hear anyone talk about that. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I've, I never Me really either. heard about it much either. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I, the the thing that is the most different to me with Pet Cemetery and and the movie is uh, Judd's wife because she's a big part yeah. of the book. Right, she's right. non-existent. The That's the big diff. Yeah. One of the biggest differences for sure. Yeah, I remember the wife talk. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but I, I'm curious to see what they do with this prequel that's coming to uh, Paramount Plus or uh, yeah, Paramount Plus. It's set in the the Indian days of the Micmac burial grounds or whatever it was. You yeah, know? it's creating so, the mythology, right? Or just yeah, you know, got that, it, yeah. Which to me, that's Could that's work. like the best place to take it because right. it's like untapped land, you know. Right. Yes. It could work. It could be cool, or it could just be really cool, but not really tie in much to the. You know what I mean? I'll sometimes right. something's really good. Like, like for example, the perfect example for this would be the last uh, Paranormal Activity movie, The Next of Kin, which was good. When, yeah. uh, the first time I watched it, I didn't like it at all because I'm waiting for all the tie-ins as to why does this lead to PA, and it never does. But then I watched it a second time, and I said, okay, now I know that there's nothing to do with it. Let's just take it as a movie, and I enjoyed it. So that could theoretically happen with this Micmac thing. You don't go in too excited looking for all these you know, all these right. tie-ins to Pet Cemetery because you could be disappointed. Moods, I wanted to ask you this while I, while I was here about um, your wife and Netflix – did she watch? Because um, I just finished this one with my family, Midnight Mass. I am not sure. Dude, that, is that the Flanagan thing? Fucking sit and watch it with her. Yeah, watch that and watch Haunting of Hill House if you haven't. Because she'd love it and, and you and you'll love it. Of which one? Haunting so, of Haunting of Hill House was the first one he did on Netflix, okay. and then so, Midnight Mass was the second. But enough, I think you really enjoy him. I actually watched the first episode of Haunting of Hill House, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty good, man." I just I need I need to actually check it out. See, when it comes to TV, like I'm one of those. It's kind of funny that I watched the first episode and didn't continue because I must have been like totally sidetracked. Because when it comes to TV or like docu series and shit, like I if I start something, I finish it that day. 
no matter how long it is. Like I'll just oh yeah, I shit. just binge the hell out of everything. Like when it comes to docu series, I'm just like, I, okay, this shit's like four and a half hours. I'm like, okay, I got four and a half. Hours. I'll do this. I'm watching the shit out of this right now because I get so invested in these things, dude. I'm I'm obsessed with true crime. So with TV, it's the same shit. Like I need to like watch it straight through. So and I've heard really good oh, things about Hill House, and he did another one too, didn't he? Wasn't Hill House and uh, what was the other one? The one Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. What, what's, what's the other? One. What's the other one on Netflix? It's the haunting of something else. There was another one. It's called The Haunting of Blind Manor, which I did not watch. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Very mixed. But he only directed, I believe, the first, the pilot. I, I could be wrong. I know, but I know that he was not at the helm the same way he was with the other two. And it's been a very mixed reaction. So I just kind of skipped it. Is it now. related to Hill House? Because it, like it just has the such a similar title so. to the you know the Haunting of Hill House, the Haunting of uh, whatever it was. I'm just like, what the fuck? Blind really? Manor, I think. Blind yeah, Manor. Yeah. I don't think it does. Okay. I just think he was just rolling along with another haunting. Okay. I, know, I thought it was completely like a sequel. Yeah. I thought it was like a related somehow just based on the haunting of, you know, but, and I hear it's a lot of romance drama before it turns to horror. Uh, again, I only know what I hear what, what people say on podcasts, like on intros like this, when they're talking about what they've been watching. So I haven't really, uh, it's unfair for me to say, I can just say that it's been very mixed where the other two are like, you know, it's almost a hundred percent fucking approval. Like everybody, I haven't heard, seen anybody really watch them and say they didn't like them. So it's like that's serious shit. And I think you'll you'll all. Like yeah, it. I watched these movies last night. You know, Killing a Sacred Deer again. It's actually the third time I watched it. Now <laughs> I watched it last year for the uh, summer series again, um, and then paused them, of course. And then I I, I was watching. I, t- I watched the two movies and I took a break and I watched uh, Dave's new episode of um, uh, his top ten. A secret top 10 show that he's doing on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. If you guys haven't checked it out, man, here's a plug for uh, Dave's new show on there. He basically takes like indie actors and directors and people that are part of, you know, the, the horror realm. And he does, he basically plays a game. Like they pick a top 10 and then he's got two minutes to like basically guess their top 10. And then they go through their list and then he, you know, he either fails or wins or whatever. Right? And he always miserably fails. It's amazing because he never gets anything right. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. But it's, what, it's what very. What was the top 10 of this latest one? Uh, it was confrontational horror films. And the dude that was on is Alec. Oh, I know the name. He does commentaries. He works with Vinegar Syndrome and he's. He, you you know the name probably if you listen to commentaries right. he does a lot of shit like he's very popular actually very cool guest um, it basically came down to being like a lot of like movies that people fucking get disgusted by like Cannibal Holocaust and um, House on the Edge of the Park and um, you know I Spit on Your Grave confrontational films things that co- start confrontations right Nice. And it was a really cool episode oh, because oh, like every okay. movie that was on his list I was like fuck like this dude is like He's like, you know, all of it. Like, we love all these movies that are on there. You know, it, it was a fantastic talk. To him. <laughs> and it was really interesting awesome. to hear him talk about these shit. And, you know, he brought up um, uh, Don't Answer the Phone. And I was like, you know what, man? I haven't watched it in a while. And I'm like, I got to check it out. Because Nicholas is worth, Nicholas worth uh, performance in that film, I think is like one of the greatest performances ever in an exploitation film. It's It's got to be one of the funniest things ever. It's just so over the top. And so, and it works so well. So I rewatched it again last night. And I was like, fuck, this movie is it's amazing. It's such a good movie. It's just so sleazy. It's so over the top. It's so ridiculous. The score is amazing. It changed. It has so many different notes. Like the score music, it, it goes from like porno sounding music to like synth to like this, that it's amazing. And, uh, and then it got me thinking cause they, they briefly mentioned, uh, well not briefly, but they talked about last house on dead end street. Right. And you guys know the history with that film or how no, nobody even knew who directed it. And you know, for like 30 years kind of thing. Right. 
anyways, Vinegar Syndrome a few years ago put out another movie by the same director because it eventually came out who had directed and stuff. It was actually the guy that stars in the film. And uh, so they put out one of his um, very good porno films called Corruption. And it's like a porno movie. Like it's an actual film with hardcore sex scenes in it, right? Anyways, there's a there's a Easter egg um, within the Blu-ray. So basically, if you go down to the bottom of the menu and you click down six times, in the word corruption, the T inverts itself into an upside-down cross and you press it and you get uh, the theatrical version of Last House on Dead End Street, which has been very infamous. It doesn't really have a lot of great releases. I know Barrel did a DVD release years and years ago and stuff, but it's kind of cool because they do a pretty good job. It even says, too, it's like, we have a better print of this. We're going to be putting out this film on a better release. And this is like five, six years ago that this this Corruption Blu-ray came out with this special feature. And I think it was only about a 1,000 copies, maybe, maybe 1,500 of the of the run of corruption that had this Easter egg on it. So you never knew if you were getting the version with the Easter egg on it when you bought the movie. So it was like, uh. when you got it, you like had to go into your menu and like figure it out if you got it and shit. And I was like, fucking right. I got it. Cause I do have a copy <laughs> of last house on dead end street, but it's like a German import. I'm not even sure if it's like, I know it's, it's the 77 minute version, which is theatrical. So it's probably not the cut version or whatever, but it's pretty cool. So I rewatched that again. And it's just like such a fucking, it's a bizarre ass film and uh, very enjoyable. So um, I'm not really too sure where I was going with this whole conversation. But anyways, I ended up watching those movies after and just uh, really. In- oh, yeah, because I wanted to plug Dave's um, Dave's uh, secret top 10 show. But it just got me thinking. I was like, I really enjoyed everything that to talked about. It was one of the longer episodes. It was about 73, 75 minutes, but super fun. So have you have you have cool. you checked out any yet, JP? On- yeah, I watched the first one. I haven't got around to the uh, next three yet, though. Yeah. But yeah, I really liked it. It was cool. Yeah, it's just um, a fantastic idea. I really like And David, he admits that he's like, I basically took a bunch of ideas from other type of shows and stuff and made one show out of it. Right. That's how the best shows are made. Right. And it's really fun. I like the way they do it, too, man, because it just rips by like the 75 minutes. I was like, holy fuck. I just it was like watching a movie and hearing these guys just talk about, uh, you know, basically confrontational films and stuff. and. It's very cool. Very cool. Right. He hasn't really, put really this enjoyed. on his podcast feed, has he? Uh, he. Oh no! Wait, the Secret Top Ten episode one. Okay, Dustin Mills. I think he, I think he just put one on there, and that was it. Because I've been waiting to see him. Because I listen. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. But, That's the thing. Like I, hmm. I, you know, I'll check out the videos and stuff because I actually like to see them too. But if he's got video forms, right. then, You know, it is what it is. But yeah, apparently they are coming to the feed. So. Stay tuned for those, I guess. Also, Moods, um, you mentioned true crime, and I'm also a fan. Uh, did you see that Netflix is dropping um, in about 20 days or so? Uh, they're uh, basically conversations with a killer, which was like the Ted Bundy thing. They oh, did nice. With yes. uh, John Wayne Gacy. So it, the Joe Berlinger, oh uh, director God. of the um, last, uh, the, the Ted Bundy one, and also Paradise Lost Oh, dude, that oh, is so wow. man. The go. Gacy man, that's gonna be really, really intriguing, man. The clown killer. Definitely. Yeah, you don't hear a lot uh, from his mouth, really. At least, and I, I've seen plenty of, of stuff on serial killers too, and I don't recall a whole lot of, you know, hearing a lot of stuff that he has actually said. Right. Yeah, he's so, definitely one of the under. He's de- he's one of the more popular names, but like to actually see right shit from him is is a little bit more rare. It, you're right, though. It mm-hmm. is. It is rare. Um, and they waited till now. That's fucking weird. Wow. Right. I mean, they got to space these things. I bet you they've been in works forever. You know, these documentaries. Yeah. They, they they're always doing shit, man. But they're just done so damn well. 
so well. And that's one thing about Netflix, man. It's like it's worth just having for all this true docuseries crime shit that they have on there. There's so many good, insane stories on there. I'm just like, bro, what the fuck, man? Like this shit really happens. It's crazy. I just can't get enough of it, man. Yep. So. You no, know what else is good? The Discovery. Discovery Plus. Because I go on there and I go to Investigation Discovery and I watch all that shit. They have a lot of most evil on there, which is hard to find. It's mm-hmm. not a print. Not a print, I call it. But it, it's not readily available. And then they have some other like documentaries and stuff like that about you know true crime shit. And, but it's all on there on the Discovery Plus. So it's, it's cheap, too. So if anybody ever wants to check shit out. Watch it, because that's good stuff. But, you know, Moots, I want to bring this up all off the top of my head. When you said there was an Easter egg, I thought you were going to say that in the porno, there was going to be an Easter egg to fucking Last House on Dead End Street, like in the movie. <laughs> I was thinking they were going to be going at it and like fucking... <laughs> Like a creep show ashtray on the fucking nightstand, like so, like a piece that was in the movie or something. I thought you were gonna say <laughs> that, that would be fucking awesome. You know, it's pr- funny. it is kind of yeah. crazy. Like corruption is like a legit porno movie. It has like a Porn, it has yeah. like a crime storyline to it, and it's like it's a re- legit movie with hardcore fucking in it. Like when you when you say the word porno movie, it's legit. It's uh, it's a very well made movie. It's got Jamie Gillis in it, very very famous porn star from the eighties and stuff. And oh yeah, it's a good movie though. Like Corruption's a good fucking film. Like it's crazy too to think of that he came from Last House on Dead End Street, did that kind of low budget thing, and and then this movie just looks so polished. It's crazy. It's pretty bizarre that it's like porno, but you know, if I'm gonna watch something, I'm gonna watch you know something like that. At least it's got a narrative to it. <laughs> it's not four hours Wait of clips. You're telling me you'd rather watch that than an actual porn when you want to watch porn? No, 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 no. I, I okay, generally, I, I generally okay. can't. I mean, honestly, dude, like a two-hour porno movie would last me like seven Who has years. Time? I don't have. It it takes me seven years to get through. It's like thirty seconds at a time. You know? It's like <laughs> right. So you don't need to have okay. a lot of them. <laughs> you know? No. I'm just making sure because you don't see that. Like this day and age, we're all like so programmed at this point just to go online and freaking, you know, find a 10-minute video of, of, of someone that you like and, and watch it and it's over with. But like right. back in the day, you know, what the stuff I was coming up on, I would steal like freaking, you know, 80s and 70s porns from like my friend's parents and shit or, or this and things would get tap, you know, passed around. or. But you would actually – I'm not saying I sat and watched the porno beginning to end but it was a different world you would watch a little bit you would see what was going on in the dialogue and then they would get right to it and that's just how we came up eventually by the time i was you know a little older i was fast forwarding through that stuff but you know now the idea of of like porn as a movie like on film i think about this people would fucking go to the theater Right. And spend their money to go and sit down. Just like what's the thing gives that speech in fucking um, Boogie Nights. You know, I want them to stay after they've come. Or something like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. Art. <laughs> right. It's, yeah, it's, it's it, so different to think about modern porn, what people think about with porn. Like you could watch it on your phone as compared to the way we came up, depending on what generation it is. Right. It's just so radically different, man. Yeah, man. When I, yeah, when I Well, even even myself like uh who's very younger than you guys like uh my porn growing up was a stash of uh vhs tapes of my uncles mm-hmm. and like <laughs> he had all the classic titles like debbie does dallas and shit from the 70s yeah. so Deep throat I, and all that shit yeah i'm yeah. i'm 
my knowledge of 70s mostly 70s but some 80s porn as well is probably far superior than that of people my age so like uh but no it like dude these movies were actually films like they were they had story uh some of them had amazing music Mm -hmm. uh not just like cheap porno music either like great music Mm -hmm. and even soundtracks and uh you know stories and lighting and and you know camera work outside of the the porn stuff but yeah they definitely don't make porn like that anymore they definitely Dude, there's don't no music anymore if i see music i turn it off <laughs> it's that it's, that's the point i'm at now i came up on music now i want to hear what's going on if i and like it seems like the last 10 years or so music's been weeded out but but if i see music i just i stop watching it i don't know how other people feel but it's like it's just the way it seems to be now that music isn't even there anymore mm-hmm. no no. I was like, wow, I was missing out on all this. I, I like hearing what the, what the girl's <laughs> saying. But anyway, I'm not going to get too deep in the woods. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too deep in the it's woods. It's just a whole ah. different world. <laughs> uh, it's a 70s and 80s porn reference right there, man. Deep in the right. woods, man. In the bush, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's it, totally different. Totally different, man. When I When I first moved to Vancouver for school, man, they still had porn theaters on Granville Street. Like he could, I never went in one. Actually, my roommate did. He had to check it out, man. He'd never even heard of. Like he was from the East Coast, right? And they just, I guess, a little bit more PC over there. I don't know what the fuck. He's like, what the hell's a porn theater? Like you can go into a theater and watch porn. I'm like, yeah, bro. So he went in there and he was like, it was disgusting. There was like guys like kind of sporadically spread out through there, and they were obviously doing things to themselves. And he's like, oh, I got to get out of here, man. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I I couldn't bring myself to go into one, so I had to actually. I can't even tell a story about being in a porn theater because I never actually went in one, but I've just seen the insides of one. But I was like, that's probably enough for me. But they still had them in like 2000. There were still porn theaters. Wow, isn't that crazy? In the eighties, in early nineties, we had we had a peep show here. We had this one place called Good Time. Oh, they sell peep shows too. Yeah, it was the but like there was still a couple left, and I was like, fuck. I think it was about two thousand two when the last ones closed down in Vancouver, and I was like, it was pretty much the end of an era for that type of porn. And they really started to clean up that era. It was it, it was pretty much like pizza joint, like dollar pizza joint, pawn store, and then a porno store. That's all Granville was. And then it was mixed in like random like vinyl places and shit. This is the early 2000s, right? And then they really started to kind of get rid of all the porn. There was so much porn, dude. It was just porn. It was like 42nd Street in Vancouver. It was ridiculous, but yeah. Wow. But it's funny because they're still going. Like porn shops are still going. Like the one that I used to go to in the fucking 90s and shit is still there. So even though the internet is what it is now and anybody can go on to these fucking places in a minute, something about the experience or something, I guess, people just love (laughs) going to fucking rent videotapes. Well, it's probably not video anymore. You know what was a really popular thing in the the 80s was doing porn, like horror parodies. Like the porn horror parodies oh, and stuff. Like there was so like I, I want to review them, dude. Me and my buddy, man, we used to go. Actually, there was a fucking um, there was a, like a bootlegger at Wasteland one year, and he had like it was a huge fucking section of like bootlegged um, like horror parodies and porn parodies and shit. And I was just like looking at these covers and literally had tears running down my fucking face. It was like I was having flashbacks <laughs> of all the times that me and my buddy used to go in the porn store, and we would actually legitimately rent porn. It was really cheap, but you would look at the 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 titles and just die like how could you not rent this like the texas dildo massacre and Beetlejism and like they were the funny but the funny thing about these movies is that they had effects in them they had a storyline they were really trying right it was just absolutely ridiculous man but they don't make porn do they make porn par- I, I shouldn't say because i honestly don't know but i'm assuming that they probably just don't have 
porn parodies now that are coming out in There's, 2022. There, I saw a while back there was something called like uh, I forget what it was called, but I, it definitely had like a Hellraiser theme, and it and it was like uh, a female pinhead, and she had like giant tits and. Um, there was like a <laughs> Freddy one, but yeah, there's definitely, they're still doing something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's there like, is, I'm sure there is. They just don't really, you know, I just don't hear about it as much, but they, I remember walking into those stores and seeing like, they were like in the big boxes. So the artwork was like, you couldn't stop laughing at this, like the huge fucking chains with a big dildo on the end. I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> it's like great. so amazing, Dude, I bet man. the Freddy one, I bet the Nightmare on Elm Street one, whatever the hell it is, the porn parody parody it might be just as good or maybe even better than the fucking than the the india one that that jp has <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. yeah maybe maybe just as good i don't know the, the don't india know. one is not that bad i gave it a i think i gave it a six right well check out the porno man i bet i bet it, it might be better it might be more entertaining like even like even like so bad it's good you know what i mean like the yeah. shit they're doing it'd be funny man i think i want to review them i've always said that i want to do a some show a bonus something where we just review like three fucking you know porn parodies from a serious nature just like going there and you know just we're not going to talk about fucking intercourse the whole time you're gonna you're gonna crack jokes at fucking what else is going on beside the sex probably yeah it's one thing you know what what i hate about this porn parodies though they they created one of the like worst memes ever which is like i think i downloaded the wrong friday the 13th movie Mm -hmm. i hate that fucking name so much It's actually one of the biggest regrets I have from one of the Wasteland trips I had was not buying some of those bootlegs. And it was solely because my wife was there that year that I saw this booth with all the bootlegs. (laughs) And it's not like she's a prude. Like, she would totally be down. Like, she doesn't give a shit if I bought porn parodies or not. Like, she doesn't give a flying fuck. Yeah. But I just, I felt awkward with her there. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to buy, like, 15 porn parodies. Like, this (laughs) just seemed weird to me. And they they weren't expensive at all. Like, I could have bought legitimately all the ones from, like my childhood my, my childhood that sounds so bad but when i was younger <laughs> i was seeing the big boxes in the in the in you know in the rental places and i could have got like they had all of them man it was so funny dude i was at this spot for like 20 minutes just looking at the wall going this is like nostalgic overload right now i know all these titles man it's ridiculous <laughs> it's so funny dude awesome i should have bought some man i kind of i totally regret it man totally re- and they were they would look I legit bet. man they were like good fucking bootlegs man they look really good. I mean, I don't know about the prints. They, they're probably VHS rips or whatever, but like the, the artwork and stuff look good, right. which, is, which is fine with me. So, Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I mean, there's nothing better than bringing that out in a conversation. You got you got a bunch of friends over, and you guys are conversating. Check out these. <laughs> like, that's a whole conversation in itself, right? Like how good these artworks are on these bootlegs, man, and porn parodies. Yeah, fucking amazing. So, Well, I, I don't know about you I mean, we would pass porns around like at work and shit like that, so yeah. everybody would know the same fucking pornos, especially like, right? So you can actually reference Dude. them. Say, oh yeah, this one, and like you know that your friends are gonna know what they are because they mm-hmm. saw them the same way you did. Man, I had a fucking yeah, my buddy. My friend's dad had like a huge collection, and we would just he would just steal them and like pass them around to like six of us dudes, and we'd <laughs> borrow them and give them back and shit. Dude, I had yeah. a buddy that oh, would he days. he would fucking rent porno all the time just to dub it right he'd make his own copies and shit i did and so you know greatest hits yeah well that was the thing right so he would well he would would never he would never really make compilation he would just you know he was too lazy for that so you just dub the whole damn thing right so anyways i'm like dave z's greatest 
hits. Uh, oh, dude, I had like fucking six six-hour videos. Volume just six. fucking so, greatest hits. I'm leaving his house yeah. one night, and I'm like, bro, let me borrow porn. He's like, yeah, sure, man. He's like, he's got this whole shelf full of fucking dub porns. And I'm like, okay. So I just went and grabbed one. Anyways, I'm, I'm watching this thing at home, and I'm like, all of a sudden, in the middle of it, it starts fast-forwarding. Like, not my player. It's the way he recorded. He started fast-forwarding the scene. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, bro, what the fuck? I'm like, I thought it was my machine. I thought it was all fucking up. And then it started playing normal again. And I was like, did he just fast-forward the anal scene? And so I'm like what? laughing to myself. I'm like, what the fuck, right? So so the next day I called him up and I'm like, bro. So I'm watching this fucking porno last night. And all of a sudden it was like fast-forwarding. I'm like, did you fast-forward the anal scene on purpose? And he's like, yeah, dude, I fucking don't want the anal shit. And I'm like... Are all your videos like that? And he's like, yeah, dude, I always fast forward the fucking anal scene. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? I'm like, that's ridiculous, man. It's like, no go for me. I'm like, no way, dude. I'm like, that's ridiculous. You took the time to basically censor your own porno dubs. Ridiculous, bro. Oh, that's bro. fucking brilliant. It was so that's funny. great, dude. though. It did save him time. It uh, won't his moment. You know? Oh, yeah. He, well, you see, <laughs> right? He, he, that's how cheap he was, too. It's like, well, you know, I could fast forward this and, you know, whatever. And I could get like three more pornos on there if I didn't, you know, <laughs> record that in real time. I'm like, oh, shut yeah, up. Yeah. Who wants to fast forward when they're watching a porno? One hand is already busy. Then you're going to take the other hand or your left hand and fast forward and do all this. I get what he's saying. <laughs> it's like the WNUF. Remember, they fast forward through that shit, the commercials eventually? Right, right. <laughs> Oh, oh man, man. So, so good, so good! Wow, that was a long conversation about porno. It's really crazy. How did that yeah. even start? Oh yeah, I was talking about corruption. I was talking about corruption. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh shit, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Wow, this has been a long intro. So of maybe course. maybe we should probably um, maybe get to the reviews sometime. In the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so man. I think we'll conclude the intro there. And uh, we'll be back with uh, with some reviews soon. Yo, who this? Yo, Modes, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, oh, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, player. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. And now, our feature presentation. All right, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 225. And I do believe that this is a Patreon pick, and we probably have no idea who it's coming from because we're so organized on this show. (laughs) Um, But I do believe this was a Patreon pick, so I do thank you for picking... Uh, this film, which is um, from 2017 and is called The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Do you remember, JP, who picked this? Because I know it's been a long time and we're finally getting to I these. I will but... look it up here in a second. Um, but I do remember this film. Uh, Jeremy was like super high on this movie um, when it, it it had like a brief theatrical run, like super brief. Mm-hmm. Yep, end, I saw it. End of the year. Yeah. I think yeah, when was, we did our year-end show, I was the only one that saw it. It ended up being in my top five, and the other two were, <clears> were pissed. Because I think it came out in December, and it was, like you said, real limited. Well, but, yeah, but it ended up getting like a either a VOD or like a um, – a, a, uh, um, what do you call it? Like a uh, – uh, it got some kind of release like the first week of January or something like that. So – 
I think I was able to finally see it before that we because we don't record. We didn't re- back then. We didn't record. I think still we don't record the show until like two weeks in. Couple January weeks in. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Right. That happened. That happened for this for this movie with me, and it happened with Suspiria. I was also the only one that got to see. They couldn't see it at all. It was limited, and fucking Christian didn't get it at all where he lives, and Brandon yeah. got it. Like, I don't know, hundred miles away. I was like, how the fuck does Buffalo get something? We'll get shit. What what I year was, was this like, eligible for top ten? G was it two thousand eighteen? Or was it was it actually in 2017 when it was making lists? It was 17 for me, at least. Was it? Sure. I well, can't it remember. It just feels like it was so long ago. Like five years seems way too long. I feel like it must have been 2018. I I, I don't know. I, I just honestly am asking. I don't remember. Nope. It was my number five of 2017. Wow, dude. Has it been that long? Like, I remember. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. It was the very end of 2017. Okay, so I don't think I. Very end. December. I don't think I saw it for the 17 show. I must have probably not had any access to it. So, 2018, I probably saw it in for the first time. I did check it out, though. For sure. Yeah, I I do know that, um, Mm. like the uh it had like a very hard to see release like same with suspiria dave we did yeah i mean yeah carly did i I, I missed suspiria too until it was later yeah yeah very limited for some reason yep um yeah but yeah so uh the killing of a sacred deer which is jeremy's number two in 2017 also uh it was picked by ratchet command and right. also possum was picked by mark latham okay so yeah possum with yeah, okay that's what i thought it was another patreon pick okay so directed by yorgis uh lethanimos um i know that he directed the lobster that's what i know his name from uh which i never <laughs> did see which i heard is very strange also um but i do i do know the movie uh yeah so this one of course is starring colin farrell uh nicole kidman and nicole kidman must have been right like 50 years old at least in this movie Exactly fifty. Like exactly. Her and body, dude. Stunning. Her body, bro. Dude. Like what the <laughs> fuck? Like how many fifty-year-old? Like that's ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. I love her. So. And I will say, yeah. man, there's a short little sequence in the film with um, with Martin's uh, mother, who's played by Alicia Silverstone. And if you were yes, if you were a teenager in the '90s, like I was, you definitely jerked off to Alicia Silverstone at least <laughs> once or twice. I was in my 20s and I did. So. Oh, my God, dude. When when I first, I think the first time I ever, I don't know if it was, maybe it was Clueless in 95. I'm not sure, but it was around that era. And in 95, I would have been 15. So I would have been in the prime of, of whacking my shit. But, oh, my you God. You didn't see her in the Aerosmith videos first? Oh, no, no, she for sure. She was in the Aerosmith No, videos, no, no, for and sure. And then she made The Crush. Right. Yeah. The Crush. That's oh, you just meant Spank Bank. Spank yeah. Bank. I'm, I'm not sure, like, okay. when it finally got fully loaded All in right. there to, like, let loose. But Alicia right, Silverstone right. in the '90s was very much a part of everyone's um, uh, situations, you know, um, mm-hmm. male situations. Probably some females too, right? Uh, sure. You know, I just oh man, she just has that look, dude. She's just so sexy. It's too bad we don't get a little bit more of her in this, but uh, definitely some awkwardness with her in this movie though too. But um, synopsis: Stephen. A charismatic surgeon is forced to make an unthinkable sacrifice after his life starts to fall apart when the behavior of a teenage boy he has taken under his wing turns sinister. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I wish I had to seen this guy's movie, The Lobster, because I've heard that it's very much kind of similar. It's very awkward dialogue and it's kind of slower and it's just, have you guys seen it? 
I know Jeremy has. I think Jeremy's seen a lobster. No. No, it sounded, I heard a review of it once, and it just sounded too fucking weird for me. Like yeah. a person's a lobster or something. I just didn't think it would be my cup of tea. I just Maybe remember. I was out on acid or something. When I first watched this movie, <laughs> I, I kind of looked into the director, and then the first thing was, it's like, well, if you haven't seen a lobster, you're probably kind of taken back by the oddness and weirdness of this movie. And just, like, I mean, every, there's, you can't even go 10 seconds of this movie without, like, having a weird, awkward conversation, right? It's just, like, a fully awkward movie. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, it kind of makes sense that he makes movies like this. It's kind of what he does. Um, so we did mention off the top of the show that this is actually based on um, a Greek myth of Ephigena. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure. Um, and it's literally having to do with a sacred deer, right? The the mythology is um, basically she's the daughter of, of a king. Um, so a sacred deer is killed. Uh, belonging to the goddess uh, Artemis, and then he basically tells the king of the, you know that he has to sacrifice his daughter to make things right. So that's essentially what this movie is about. What are your guys' thoughts on the killing of a sacred deer? Dave, we'll start with you. Since you, I know that you really like this movie, so yeah. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. The first time I saw it, like I said, it was in December of 2017. Careful, and I- careful telling stories of when you first seen something. no nostalgia here no nostalgia (laughs) well i'll tell you what i gotta tell you this because the first time i saw it i went in i was by myself i sat out in the parking lot i freaking got high and i went into this place and right off the bat when the the movie opened and the freaking they're they're playing that orchestral music in the choir whatever the hell it is and the freaking you see the heart beating i'm like okay this is going to be a freaking trippy type movie awesome and I gotta tell you, it really blew me away, and I think it, you know having the buzz that I had on aided with that. And the weird thing is this: I didn't think that the dialogue was weird or anything like that. Yeah, I you were high. Maybe Colin you were high. Farrell was because <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I thought that Colin Farrell was because he's playing like a whatever a Scottish or an Irishman and whatever it is. Well, he is just, Irish. Yeah, right? he's he was just playing himself. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like he, he just didn't stuff. have an accent this time. <laughs> okay, so he was no accent, Colin Farrell, as as natural as can be. But I just thought that that he talked a little, like matter of fact and directly in a certain way. But I just I just attributed that to him being from another country, and it didn't really register. And then when we did a year end show on ABC's A Hidden Horror, and I was talking about with uh, Brian and Jamie, they were saying, "Oh, I can't stand how how they talk." and this and that and and they were talking about it and I was like I didn't even notice that they talked weird I just fucking thought it was a cool movie and I liked this aspect and this was cool and all this other shit I didn't even realize it then the second time I watched it I did notice a little bit and I gotta say it came down just ever so slightly and it's been about three years and then I watched it again yesterday for the first time in a while and I still quite enjoy it. I, I've always liked it. It's just my style of movie. It's it, it's trippy shit, and it's the the, the filming style very, very Kubrickian. And the guy is a freaking he loves fucking zoom in and zoom out even more than fucking Kubrick. Oh. He was like dining times ten. It was like zoom zoom <clears throat> zoom. But I like it. I'm not knocking it. But so I've always liked it, and the performances are good, and it's just a good story. Yeah, like the first time I watched. Uh Killing of a Sacred, uh, the killing of a sacred deer. I was, I was a little bit indifferent. I didn't hate it. I thought it was, I thought it was very awkward. But it was a movie that when I finished, I instantly wanted to rewatch because over time, I wanted to absorb what I'd watched and actually think about it because I was like, okay, 
you know, it's based on the mythology. I get it. But I was, I was more confused about the approach that was taken with it, with the oddness and the awkwardness of the characters and conversation and stuff, because this movie is set in reality, but it's like, you look at these characters and the way they talk and the way they avoid what's really going on in their lives is so ridiculous, right? I mean, you look at our main, like our character, he's a, he's a surgeon and he's completely not taking responsibility for what he has caused, right? Like, I mean, it's clear as day that he was drinking and he caused the death of this young boy's father and stuff like that, but he doesn't want to take any responsibility for it. And it's just like the whole movie is so awkward in that sense because you're like, you know, this guy's fucking guilty, but he just doesn't want to take it, but he's like a responsible person. Right. And there's conversations in this movie. It's just like the craziest shit. And like I, the, the, the first moment where I was, I kind of chuckled to myself watching this shit was like when they're at the, um, the open heart convention and he's talking with another colleague and stuff. And, and in the middle of the conversation he's like, yeah, my daughter had her period, had her first period. Like, who yeah, just started menstruating. But who talks like that? And it's See, like, but then you have more. I think, you have I think more... they talk that way because they're medical people. I, I, I thought I accepted it then, but <laughs> moods, you and everybody else. Listen, I think I'm alone in this boat. So I've heard everybody say that. But to me, I could see like medical professionals talking about that in a clinical way. I could be way off. Okay, That's no, no. I, I get where you're coming from, Dave. But in the same sense, it's still a personal thing. Yes, we get it's a medical sure. thing, but it's also well, he's talking personally about his daughter, but his daughter also has a conversation with Martin too. Yes. You know, a very awkward it, it, conversation about menstrual and about their menstrual cycle and stuff. And I'm just like, bro, like nobody like even and they're young, like he's supposed to be sixteen and she's like fifteen or something like that, or fourteen or whatever it is, but like nobody mm-hmm. really 14. at that age would ever have that conversation like that. Like so openly and so matter of fact. Like the characters are so odd in this movie. And you know what another really odd thing about this movie is? That I thought is is a really, it's an interesting kind of like antidote and um, it's very symbolic of our, of uh, Colin Farrell's character a little bit because, you know, the main focus of the film is, you know, the reason why everything's happening is because he, you know, ultimately led to this father, to this guy's death kind of thing. I think the most awkward thing in the film, man, is besides Alicia Silverstone attacking his hands by like kissing him and shit like that is fucking, this just so strange, is... The scene where, <laughs> oh my god, dude! I know this, what you're gonna say. The scene with the son, with no, with Nicole Kidman, and she oh. just gets into position in the bed and plays dead. He's getting <laughs> off on the dead body, and I'm like, dude, this is like some necrophilia shit, man. Like she's pretending to be dead, and it's normal. It's a matter of fact scene. This happens every single day. This is what they do, and I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like um, you're pretending the, to be dead. It's like it's very symbolic, though, man. Because like he deals with life and death, and he he's kind of living in that reality of life and death, and he he almost can't even separate, the, you know, the work from the real like realism of reality, right? That he is so focused on things like that, and he's so kind of disconnected with reality that he gets off on his wife being fucking dead, dude. Like, hey, people have all kinds of kinks. It's really, it, that do. is very kinky, they but do. it's like necrophilia is definitely a kinky thing, but at the same time, it's very uncommon to get off on dead bodies. Like, you got to face, like, I don't recall me once ever jerking off to a dead body. Like, it just doesn't come across in my spank no. bang, bro. Like, well, I see a dead yeah, body, I'm not like, I'm not jerking off no. to that shit. Like, I don't find that attractive <laughs> at all. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying though? Like, it's, it's almost like this weird disconnect with his character because he's so into what he does. And it's so relative in the film too, because it's like, he just, there's nothing wrong in this world, but there's clearly something fucking wrong. 
I, so, I think it's a rape fetish because she asks him. She says, general anesthesia? Do you he think it's yes. her fetish or his fetish? Oh Probably both God. of theirs, Imagine if it's honestly. Hers? It's Usually it needs to be both people's. Because, I mean, if it's a rape fetish, I, I mean, it's like very it common. That's very common with women to have a rape fetish. Like, they enjoy being raped, you know, playfully. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> no, some, playfully. Some, it's no, no, no. people's kink. I literally, right. okay, but, I know a but person. But that's the whole thing with kinks, though, right? It's, it's a role not play real. Like, like, someone who has a rape fetish doesn't want to actually be raped. No, it, right? no it's exactly. fantasy. It's playing. So it's it's like, the, 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 there's there's so many levels to the weird shit that people do in the bedroom and stuff like that. But it doesn't mean that they would yeah. want to well, do, like... Like get, if you have a uh, anesthesia fetish or a necrophilia fetish, doesn't necessarily that you actually want to fuck dead bodies. No, right? I, I don't think that he does. I think it's just a disconnect. Like I think it plays into his character because like he deals with life and death, and he's like kind of on this side of the reality, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. you got you 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 can say it's a little bit coincidental that he gets off on maybe his wife playing dead, and you know he's kind of like you know getting off and like, but he deals with life and death every single day. You think that would be the polar opposite of what he'd ever want to see? Because you don't want to cause the death of people in the in the operating room and stuff, but but they go as far to even really they make a it's almost like a joke in the film too. It's like where he literally says he's like he's like the anesthesiologist is responsible for every death on the operating ta- table, where you know the 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 surgeon isn't. But then you have the flip side when she's jerking off the other uh, the anesthesiologist, and he says the polar opposite thing, right. Right, and it's well, kind of I mean, interesting how that plays wants out. To take blame, also exactly. You know what right. I mean? Like and so that 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 is what. But it plays into the whole mythology. It plays into the mythology. It's you know, it, it's kind of interesting how they do with the characters. It's just like, I think the approach at first was so off-putting that I was like, I need to watch this shit again. But after watching this movie three times now, I'm like, man, dude, like I get, I'm this movie's just like two hours long. It just fucking enthralls me, dude. Like I, the characters are so weird. There's so much weird conversation. I like the fact that like what's happening to the kids in this film is never shown because it doesn't have to be shown. It doesn't fucking matter what's going on with the kids. It's not about what Martin did to these kids or not. Um, it's not about that. It's about fully about making the decision in the end of the film, right? And I think some well, people might have um, missed that a little bit too because it doesn't fucking matter. It's all about colin farrell's decision at the end right it's that's the whole point of the mythology and i i I think it's really interesting how they do it because they because some people were like well like what the fuck was wrong with the kids and i'm like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter just cursed man it doesn't matter what was right you don't have to show them doing anything you know and and they don't and that's the other thing too like at the end of the film like we're obviously spoiling this because you can't really talk about these films without spoiling them properly but they don't show them what like how they recovered like nothing. Um, so to, to comment, to go back a second, because I didn't get to uh, comment on that, that Dave's theory of like the doctor thing, I think it works for like Colin Farrell and the wife and maybe even the kids. But the where it doesn't work is with Martin because he's just is he might even be more matter factly. Um, he's fucked and, up, too. His, his right. manner of speaking. I'm it, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. I think it's more just I think it has something to do with the director's style and maybe English not being the first language. Um <laughs> Well, and cultural. He definitely directs well. the he definitely directs the actors all the same way though, because everybody has the same quality about them, and they're very offbeat and awkward. No yeah, matter, it feels no, very intentional. No matter how you look at it, it doesn't That's matter fair. what moment in the film. Like even the scene where Nicole Kidman kisses Martin's feet, which literally makes me gag with very very <laughs> aggressiveness, heaving <laughs> skills. It's so disgusting. 
that she does that in the, I'm just like, oh my God, dude. But that's a whole awkward, like this, this whole conversation itself. It's just, there's so many moments in this film where you're just like, oh my God, like all these characters are acting the same. I, I think it's directed very, very well. The approach is perfect in that, in that, uh, in that, in that realm of filmmaking, because like, there's nobody that kind of sticks out as being normal. Everyone's offbeat. There's, there's things that are being said by everybody that's just offbeat. And I love the way it's written though. Like, it's just, it's the shortness of every conversation. It's like, what kind of music are you into? I'm into metal and punk. You know, it's just like short answers. It's to the point. It's kind of like offbeat and stuff. And it's like, I don't know, man. It's really good, man. And it's like, it's got such a haunting string score that works so perfect in the movie. It's very quiet. This is a quiet fucking movie. And I think my favorite thing about the movie is probably something that, you know, even Jeremy would bring up. The opening shot in the film you know that long-winded fucking shot in the uh, in the hospital where they're walking and stuff. There's a lot of really great cin- cinematography in this movie, man. Like it's it's almost like it's almost like he wanted the situation to not be in the forefront. He's always coming away. You know what I mean? He's like if you notice the cinema, it's always backing away from situations because right. that's yeah, that, he does zoom out a lot because right. that's what right. the characters are doing. They're not facing reality head on. They're always the, 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 all the characters think everything's fine. Until it's really not. But the cinematography actually really kind of focuses on that too. It's always kind of backing away. It's not hitting it head on like how it should also, be. Also, right? everything is it's so really perfect. clean in the movie. Yeah. Like yeah. everything is just spotless. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, clinical, man. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, I think that it, it, to, to go back to like your, um, like Dave, you watched it. Um, this is only my second time, I believe. And. Uh, <clears throat> I think this time watching it, the the off-putting dialogue was like way more digestible to me because the first time you watch it, you don't know what's going on. You're like, what what is this? Where is this going? Like even like but like whenever you find out about the like the curse and stuff, you're still not a hundred percent sure if like that's what it is or whatever. But like once you've seen it and you know what all happens, everything is so much more digestible. Yeah. And yeah, I really liked this movie the first time, but I I loved it this time. I think. <laughs> that this movie is really fucking good and so and very high high quality i uh the first time i watched i remember i I don't know how in depth we talked about it but uh you know i said i liked it but i was like i you know i I definitely need to revisit the shit and then i was forced to last year for the summer series and uh, (laughs) i loved it like i was expecting to be like very kind of underwhelmed by it again and, you know, like when you watch a movie for something like that, I really wanted to like really fully pay attention and understand the mythology and really kind of dive into how these characters are reacting to the situation and stuff. And I, I think it's just so done. It's so fucking perfect, man. There's so Dude, much. You put it through. You put it through in Summer Series. I know. And I remember I, being surprised because I, did. I didn't recall hearing you. Well, um, I, I didn't talk lovingly about it in the past. I was like, wow, I didn't know Moods loved that movie. I didn't. I didn't, though. That's the thing. I respected it. I thought yeah. it was beautiful. I loved the score. I loved the performances. But everything else that was kind of making up the core of it, I was a little bit indifferent on. But I knew in my heart that I had to rewatch this because I didn't fully digest it at first. And then when I knew what I was getting myself into, it allowed me to understand these motivations, these characters and why they're being the way they are and stuff. And it's, you know, it's just so off kilter. Right. And it just, it really does work, man. It's a, it's a very haunting foreboding horror film that it doesn't stretch itself beyond the means, you know, it runs two hours, but I feel like it's kind of a good running time because it really does accentuate everything. And I mean, 
it's an interesting ending to what happens because like the original mythology doesn't really end like that. It's not supposed to end like that, but they do. There is points in the film where it kind of showcases what's really going to happen. If you kind of notice, I think there's one scene in the film where I think there's actually a scene where uh, the sun is, there's actually like a deer picture above them. It's kind of like, okay, that's uh, for, that's foreshadowing a little bit. There's definitely some foreshadowing going on with a deer above his head. You know, he might uh, <laughs> something might happen here, kind of thing. But uh, damn, it's um, it's very cool. Actually, it's very cool. It's I mean, it, it I mean, like, the thing is, if you go into a movie like this knowing the Greek mythology of the story, you might be a little bit shocked the way this thing ends up, right? But. Um, you know, at first I was like, I was kind of taken back by the scenes of her singing, the daughter singing hmm. and, it, and yeah. she's off. She's awful. Like she's a really, really bad singer, but the parents are, everything's all right. She's beautiful. She's amazing. And I get that from a parent standpoint. You don't really want to tell your kid that you're fucking horrible and you should probably go do something else in your <laughs> life. You know, it's not really the right, right parent thing to do, but it plays into the narrative quite well because they just kind of accept it like. It's all good. And even Martin, when, she, when when they have that scene where the daughter and Martin are, you know, hanging out by the, the tree and the, whatever, the water and stuff, and she's singing and it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really bad. But he's he's kind of taken in like, whatever. You know, it's all good and shit. It's like this reality of just like everything's kosher, but it's not. It's right. great. It love that. And that plays into it, it's too. Cool. It's like nobody can say it. But you're watching it going... There's no way that these characters think that she can sing well because she can't. She's really, really fucking tone deaf. And it's 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 amazing, dude. I, I think it's this it's so awkward when you hear her sing too. I'm like like I almost have to look away because I feel embarrassed for her. I'm like, oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> but it's just it's another great antidote in the film of to how these characters are. There's just so many little things, man. So many little things. So great movie. Great, great movie. It's also man. very tra- like this is a tragic story, man. I mean, it's like how how do you make that choice and and like even the scenes very where- easily, very easily. Very, you're not to tell you why. The well, does, does he make? I love Nicole Kidman and everything else about her character. The whole movie, I lost all respect for her when she oh, is yeah. a. Yeah, you're right. That is we the, can make that is another kid. Choice. Any parent worth his fucking weight in anything is gonna easily lay down their life for their children. At least so, that's what I see. That's my I question. Actually, when you're it, actually right. When that, it comes, I forgot that she could. Yeah. be one yeah. of them. I, I keep thinking that it's just the one of the the two children. That's my <laughs> question. No way I would let my wife kill fucking any of my. Ch- I have one, but I'm saying even no matter how many I had, I would say, well, it's got to be me or you. It's got to be me or you. And if the rule states. That it can't be me. It has to be you. I'm sorry, honey. But, I mean, I shouldn't even have to tell you this. You should just be volunteering. Yeah, but, <laughs> I'm going to lay my life down but for it, the but it, but it was a fucked up yeah, situation because if you as a parent, if you look at the mythology of it, though, like, she was set up to die, though, too. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what he said. He goes, choose. The wife, it's not you, but you have to choose between your two kids or your wife. And he couldn't make the decision, but if this woman has any fucking moral fucking fiber whatsoever, she says, okay, well, I'm going to have to lay myself down. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, oh, we can always make another child. Who the fuck? I would never be able to live with myself. That's crazy. Do you feel there's like... There's two things about her character that bother me. That and the fact that she should have tried 
to sexually when she started kissing his feet i thought she was gonna try to fucking like seduce him because he's young he's 16 she's 50 but she's pretty attractive and probably knows her way around a fucking a dick i, I you would think <laughs> do you think mythologically that probably could have saved everything if she had just sacrificed not not like sacrificed herself but like changed like sexually pleased him and then all of a sudden the curse was off and the kids were fine no i don't think so yeah he could have you know how fucking young boys are a 16 year old boy but that's but that's no but i don't think he has control to like call off the curse though well that's that's the interesting thing about the whole curse though bro is that nobody knows what's causing it 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 could be he could be ingesting them with some shit it could be just voodoo who knows there's no point Point of how he caused these kids to be sick in the way Which they is are. A good thing. That's what right? I love about he it. Knows every step. But why couldn't her sexually pleasing him all of a sudden be like, "Well, I got my rocks off. The kids are good to go now." I look at it like a pumpkin <laughs> head curse, right? Like once once you do the 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 spell, there is no reversing the spell. No, I think like, as the speller, you have the power to reverse the spell. I think in some. I think in some aspects, I think because we're not given anything, right? We don't know if it's a spell. We don't know if it's physical. We have no idea. Why couldn't her sucking his balls fix this problem? It, it would it, it, honestly, if that's the way it went down, which would kind of be kind of be ridiculous. Yeah, to be yeah, honest. she could have tried. And actually, kind of funny, really, because it's like he's totally underage and like that's like molesting a kid kind of thing but that would have been know, re- that would have been a fucked up ending to the film right <laughs> but right. my question is so i've watched this movie three times and just knowing w- where the mythology is supposed to go do you feel like the way it ends up i don't want to fully say it but do you feel like that was he kind of knew where he was shooting because i feel like he, he was stopped he was, and he was also dying. Like he was literally bleeding from his fucking orifices, dude. Like he was dying. But he, he was, was told that was going to happen. That was step three. When step three comes, he right. says they're going to bleed from their eyes. But right. step four is death. Exactly. So I think but, he expected it. But that's my point, but, though. That's my point, though. Like he knew that, like you know, Bob was dying. Like he was literally on. He was knocking on on death's door right there. Right. Yeah, so the, the obvious it, choice would be to finish. If he killed anybody else, it would have just ended the the curse Do you, and it, it just would have fixed them yeah it, that's i was yeah. curious i was just curious mm-hmm. on it because i just felt like we we physically get to see him like with one foot in the grave right and it just ends up having yeah. to be him you know it could have been anyone else and then he would have been saved too hence the reversal in the mythology and i i just thought it was kind of kind of interesting it, it shocked uh, it I shocked me this- at first that it was him because to be honest, like I actually thought it was going to play out in the in the in the actual mythology a little bit because it just seemed like it was. I don't know why. It just you feel like you would yeah. probably end up being the older, like it, you know, like just being the older, and you just think it would be them, not the younger child. Well, the thing is, right? that he was they the least deserving. The What's that? Yeah. Like the subtleties of the movie, like they they. Are all, they get on Bob more. Uh, they um, they seem to uh, care about the daughter more and, and what she's doing. Uh, Bob definitely seems like he's the the one that doesn't get as much attention. Um, well, there's there, again there's anecdotes in the film. Up, there's anecdotes. He's the best character. No, but they have a right. conversation. That's why. That's why it's more right. tragic. Is because <laughs> right. he's the he's the one that the audience 
feels the wor- worst for you know what i mean definitely and well, there's especially that when they start like turning on each other and shit it's kind of sickening you know well totally. there's that there's that and moment she says, too. when you die can i have your mp3 player right right yeah dude what the fuck? and Damn, there's also dude. that moment where you look at and bob fucking he's like with those little kid eyes and he's like and he's like fucking dying and he oh. goes and he goes but mom and dad bought me a but they bought me a piano it's gonna be here next month <laughs> and you're just like bro like oh. you're never gonna fucking see that piano man dude <laughs> like it's, it's so just sad. it's just like an awful thing to like, it's just brutal man it's like terrible yeah it's uh the, it's the very effective martin, there's some really good effective it, dialogue in this movie man it's really good yeah the scene where martin it explains everything all fast he's like there i said it as fast <laughs> as i could like i'm yeah. like what the fuck like and then uh colin farrell is like you know like taken back by it because like if someone mm-hmm. tells you that what are you gonna you're not gonna instantly be like oh shit i believe this but like <laughs> at the same time it's probably right. lingering in the back of your head like what if this shit is real so he he's like the first thing he does is go to the hospital and say has he ate anything and then <laughs> when they so say funny. no he's like fuck <laughs> yeah but, what I mean? like, but, but he, he knew the donut he pushes yeah. it but he knew <laughs> but steve knew aka colin farrell he knew what Martin was telling was true because they had medically done everything they could and there was nothing wrong with them. Well, I, I don't think he 100% just, well, he didn't want to accept knew, it. He, he didn't want to accept it in his stomach. You know what I mean? No, that's, like, that's the difference. This he didn't want to accept it. He knew mentally that Martin wasn't lying, but you know, like he did, he, he couldn't accept it just like he couldn't accept any, he couldn't accept what he had done. Right. It kind of plays into the whole thing. That's his character. He didn't want to accept that at all. Right, it's a character fucking major, major fucking flaw, because the whole movie could have been prevented, and that's kind of the moral of the story, if he just had to taken accountability for what he had done. And I think that's really what what Martin wanted the entire film was just accountability. But he's like, well, I'm honestly well, not going to get that accountability. I think that's very complex, dude. Because on one hand, no, he it's looks because, like a changed man, but he's Steven, spending a lot of time with Martin to sort of well, make that's, up that's because, he because he felt bad. Because he felt bad though. He he right. felt bad. He wanted to. He wanted. That's why he was buying him gifts and stuff. It's all fabricated, yeah. man. Oh, I can right. buy. I can buy his respect. I can buy his love. Genuinely didn't have regrets because he didn't give a fuck, dude. He wouldn't because he didn't own up to it. The reason why we know that he's not is because he 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 wouldn't even admit that he was barely even drunk on the when he caused the death and stuff. He never admitted to doing anything wrong. He even says he's like it's never. A surgeon that causes right. a death you know he says all these things and he basically tells you that he's not responsible but, but, but he knows in his gut right? in his that's, gut that's external uh, he knows in his heart that he needs that he caused the death of this kid's child and your father and he needs to you know probably do something about it. hence the gifts and the sneaking around and like he doesn't want to admit to anybody but you know if i do this maybe okay, it'll change shit but it really my, does backfire it really does backfire on him that's the irony of the whole situation back here's my argument for why mm-hmm. I think that he might internally feel bad about it, and and because there's no, he he's too self-absorbed he to feel bad about if it. If nobody though. knows that he did it, that he that it was his fault, and and how would Martin know? Well, anyway? the anesthesiologist because there was knows, no investigation. No, the anesth- the anesthesiologist knows what happened in that situation. He kind he basically admits it. Right, because they were there right, on the operating but, table. He knows well, that Colin Farrell's character that, was fucking drunk and caused that death. But I'm saying I nobody, think he feels like, guilt. I think his he does wife feel doesn't guilt. Know. He won't admit to it. Exactly. Uh, that's that's the thing. Know. Well, I don't know if, how Martin would the know. Curse? But what I'm saying is like, 
is like if he's taking it upon himself to sort of make amends and things like that normally if it's fake people are doing that for external reasons but it seems as if all his reasons are internal um so that's why i think that maybe he's a changed person just because you don't go and tell everybody you made a mistake doesn't mean that on the inside you don't know it and feel it and be sorry for it right well, true, so but in I, that instance you got to tell your wife of all even if you tell nobody else in the world but if your kids are, are going to be dying you have got at least to come clean with your yeah, wife there's that say, conversation hey, listen, well, yeah i don't think he you know wants to I mean? admit it no he bullshitted her but that's, yeah, but I mean, what, but that's the whole point because if he admits it then this whole thing is his the, all this stuff that's happening is his yeah. fault that's the but whole point. Of, anyway, that's literally the entire point of the movie, though. The, there's a conversation between between Anna and Steven there towards the end where he fucking loses his shit. Like, she basically calls him out at there and says, you're a shitty yeah. person for not admitting. And you know exactly why the fuck all this is happening. And it's because of you and your selfishness and your self-absorbed motherfucking cock-ass attitude and shit like that. <laughs> he fucking loses his shit and fucking destroys the kitchen and yeah. shit like that. That's the whole movie right there. That's the whole fucking mm-hmm. movie in a nutshell in that scene right there. Right. And it's very, it's very effective. It's very effective because she's just like, fuck this. She has an epiphany. She's like, I fucking know what the fuck is going on here. You're a dick. You know, this whole, this whole thing could have been prevented if you had just taken accountability, but they never wanted to admit it because they're super high class people. They, they, they don't take, nothing happens to these type of people. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard pill to swallow. Right. right? He's a very, he's one of the most respected surgeons in, 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 in like the United States. Like this guy does conferences, he does, he gives speeches and shit. Like he did not cause this death, right? And it, it's hard pill to swallow, you know, for lack of a better uh, cliche term. But and he does try, even when he sees the mother, he 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 gives some time in. He watches the movie. Th- that's no why girl. I feel like that he's ch- sort of changed. I mean, people are complex, but only right? so there, There's not. There's nuance to them. It's not just but cut you and dry, never, like, you're bad, you're good. Have you ever done something before and you kind of feel like you need to do something, but you don't really want to do it because you're like, I think, I no, think we I, I have, but I don't necessarily think that that's why he's doing it. Like, I think he is really trying to make amends and like really trying to be there in this kid's life to sort of, uh, you know, make up for what the mistake. The, the bad, well, bad mistake he made. And I think it's coming from a place of good. I don't think it's coming from a place of selfishness. That doesn't mean that, that he didn't, It's didn't interesting make. and very complex, too, because, you know, if you, if you see Steven's character, he doesn't know for 100% fact that Martin knows that he was, that he caused his father's death. Yeah, how could he know? Right. No, there is no way to know. So there's really no and, and, reason. And he plays it off like, you know, it, it the shit, you know, the shit kind of happens, right? It just happens at the operating table or whatever and stuff like that. So he's, he doesn't really have to take that vantage point with, with Martin after the fact, if he feels like, you know, this is what happened kind of thing. And he doesn't even really know what happened. He doesn't even know I was fucking drunk. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't know the specifics right. of the situation. So he doesn't really have to be doing this. So, you know, you do have a point. I mean, maybe he does feel deep down and stuff, but I mean, it's, it's very awkwardly, um, showcase and stuff. I mean, there's definitely some moments where it's like, you can see the self-absorbed person. You can feel like, you know, this didn't really happen in his reality. But well, I'm still I'm still it, it, it gonna comes do down something. To the fact 
like I said, people are very nuanced. There's no, they're not black and white. Like there's, there's different shades to people. Right. So like you can mm-hmm. feel bad and still of course. not want the world to know and still be sort of narcissistic about it and things like that because you are so, such a successful doctor and want to just kind of cover it up. But deep down inside still feel bad about it and want to make amends. It, 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 I think that the character, like, for as weird as the dialogue is, I think the writing and the depth of the character is insanely well done. You got because th- there is this conversation that you could have, like, well, was to to sort of just put a label on him that he's just, uh, you know, a bad dude because he won't admit what he did was wrong is too simple of a no 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 no. I never said he was a bad person. No I, no, I, 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 I'm more I, or less I saying that saying, he's he's very human in the in in the in the terms of him. His his position in, in you know, in the hospital, mm-hmm. people like that can't admit that they did shit wrong. Right. They just they right. they just can't do it. Right. right? It's it's just impossible because well, your think, whole career is at I, stake at this point, right? So ego, it's professionalism. Also, exactly, that's what it's when all you're about. You're doing something that yep. important, right? You almost have to have this sort of like invincibility quality to you where things don't affect you and you could just move on from it. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of doctors are like that, right? Oh, absolutely. They they don't make mistakes. They, they're just these robotic people, but you can't deny, uh, you can't deny the fact that like, you know, he is, he's, he's kind of trying to buy the respect and the love and, you know, kind of trying to fix the situation a little bit with gifts and stuff. Cause like there is a point where, you know, when he gives them that watch, and he's and the, yeah. and and Martin's like he's like oh you know I actually like the leather straps and he's like well I got you this one because it's more expensive like he folk he makes a point of stating that this is an expensive ass watch and there's even another moment where the the anesthesiologist um mm-hmm. <laughs> when they have that you conversation he's like we got the same watch and that, at that point you know like holy fuck what <laughs> right. did he spend on this goddamn watch because anesthesiologists from my history like they make a lot of motherfucking money dude like we're talking Boy, like they do million, like they make tons of fucking money they um make money. Right. Very specific. And I'm like, okay, so he bought him this watch. He's really going out on the limb. Like, he's really trying to spend some money and prove, you know, like, maybe trying to buy some shit back out of there. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have be spending, like, you know, that much on a fucking watch. But there's those little things in the film that, you know, if you catch on to, you're just like, okay. It's, that's character traits, there is, though, right? The, it is a very weird movie, too. Like, just the fact that, like, Martin is, like, trying to hook the mother up with him and stuff like that he like basically wants to so it makes you wonder like if well you know why he's doing that though right it's it's okay he wants him as his father i think no it's not so much that he wants him as his father he more or less wants he wants to rip the fucking family apart though too right he's trying (sighs) he's trying to he's trying to rip the it's it's another thing Right, if he can somehow, you think he wants to punish the family? Honestly, yeah. yeah well, it, not, it's not, not the family. Not, not only was he destroying the kids, but he wanted to rip them apart too because he's like, "Fuck it, man," you know. It, it's uh, it's it's literally just the the okay. mythology, right? It's an eye for an eye. It's like, yeah, to make this right, something has to be taken away from you. Yeah, so you take you the know, father it, away from the family. And you incorporate. I don't think necessarily he wanted him as a father, but he wanted his mother to be happy also, right? I think he was willing to sacrifice his own. Too, I think he was. Yeah, I think he, he was sacrificing before bed. And shit, I know. You know. You know. Maybe, he, maybe there's a part of him. him as a maybe there's a part of him that wanted to replace his father, but at the same time, he's also. You know, he doesn't really like him that much. I mean, let's face it; he's doing some crazy shit to him, right? I think it's more about. But I don't up the think family. it's about that. I I I, I don't think it that he 
it's about it's just about fairness I don't think that he hates him, and he—it's it, a very weird movie. Yeah, but, th- but that's one step. It's not further, typical though. of what like human emotions are. But the fairness. Right? But, but he does want to hurt her because remember when the wife comes over, Anna, Nicole Kidman, whatever, when she comes over right. and talks to him, he makes it a point to say basically to get to fill her head with, oh, by the way. My, uh, your husband yeah. and my mom kind of have a thing for each other. Like right. he's saying that intentionally he's to trying hurt her. Yeah. To break them up intentionally. And let's face it, man, yeah. he's, his eye for an eye, he's already at the kids. He's already got the kids in the grip of his fucking devil palm. He doesn't have to go the extra, the extra, you know, leap and, you know, break the marriage up and fucking, you know, end up with, uh, you know, having Steven with his mom and shit. Like it doesn't have to be there, but he goes that extra di- distance, man to add it on it's very sadistic actually but i agree with what jp is saying like i both of you i agree with everything that you you guys are saying on both sides of the fence but here's the thing what what you say i say this many times uh, movies that i happen to love that sometimes other people don't are the type of movies where it's real human beings and i see real human beings as being flawed i love when fucking I uh, so many times like that movie, The Rental. It's a perfect example. I loved it, and I loved it because of the characters. To me, were very human, more so than you see in regular movies. But I always see people complaining, "Oh, nobody's likable in that movie." And I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute! You're judging them based on this and this and this. Look at the situation they're put in. Everybody has good and bad in them, and that's what I like when I see a movie like this. And I think that." Colin Farrell's character does have that. Like what JP was Whoa. saying and pointing out, he's trying, but he's only going so far. So there's good and bad. He's just a human being. And yes, he, he does do some things wrong, but that's what I like about the movie. I couldn't agree with you more, Dave. And the, the fact is, in 90% of movies, everybody is archetypes. They are... Right. Uh, everything is black and white, and everything is taken from... Uh, and, and and so people, viewers Tropes. of movies are so conditioned to if they don't get that, they think that it's wrong when in reality it's right. It's just deeper and more realistic, but they're so used to the cookie cutter and the archetypes of characters that aren't nuanced and they don't have uh, layers to them. And that's why I agree with you too. Whenever characters – like some something clicks in someone's brain whenever someone is – looking as like a good person but does something bad they're like wait that's not right that's not how movies are that's not how people like but that's how people me, are. <laughs> i look at it like well that's just reality because nobody's 100 yep. percent good and nobody's 100 percent bad and there are all these different layers to people and you could do something bad and and still have a bunch of good qualities or or you know depth to, to why you did you know there's just so many layers to characters right that you right create. but the We've point is off, in life. but the point is right. with steven is that like yeah he may be a really good person but he still can't admit that he fucked up though that's right. th- that's the problem <laughs> he literally caused the death of somebody and just basically made the conscious decision of avoiding that and i am gonna try i'm gonna start up a relationship with this kid and and deal with it that way instead of just admitting that he fucking fucked up like I don't it know if that makes easy, you a good right? person Just or a human, it, but it's. I know I, I know what you're saying completely, and I agree with you, man. Like I mean, I understand that's a, it's a very human trait to very to question. First of all, it's your whole career on the line here, you know, and you don't have to admit it because it's already been passed, kind of thing. It it is a it's a very real thing with people, 
you know, it may, it shows how human he really is. I, I understand that completely. But I mean, at the end of the day, all that aside, he still made the wrong decision of not admitting to what he had done. And right. most people would make that decision. And most people would probably make that decision. I mean, to be honest, I think of myself a pretty good person. I'm I'm not sure if I'm willing to risk my whole fucking life and career over admitting that I had a couple of drinks and I caused the death of somebody. Well, I honest to the, God, like there, I mean, there's also the you put yourself in that dialogue. position. It's really tough to make that decision, man. Well, the, there's also the internal dialogue too of what happens if I admit this. If I just feel, if nobody knows about it, I got away with it, and I feel bad enough to where I would never do it again, and that I'm gonna make up for it. Does that sort of what, what if I truly the whole feel thing? bad, truly have yeah. have moved on from it, and would never make that mistake again? What? If I if I admit to it, does it cause more damage than if I just don't? You know what I mean? Like like it's good I'm enough for him. Punished internally for it, and the only thing that's going to happen is if I if I because nobody knows what you truly feel on the inside. If you truly know you would never do that again, I, you can right. almost justify moving forward from it. But we are I mean? shown that he is trying Except though because he's not drinking. Not, he's not drinking right, anymore. In, in, right. Right. He's That's making that saying. conscious like, decision of making like a changed man. Right. But I mean, the moral of the story, the core of the narrative is the fact that he didn't admit to it. And that's what caused this whole thing. You know, I mean, well, admitting no- and being admitting to it or being punished for it are two different things as well. well he's right? punished like, because he didn't should admit to he it. be in jail? You know what I mean? Or is it just a, 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 a concept of admitting it? Eye for an eye, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with jail. I think this has to do with Martin's vengeance on it. And it, honestly, it's literally eye for an eye. If he would have admitted it, I don't even know if it changes it for Martin. I, I don't either. See, they, they changed, they changed the narrative here a little bit because in the – I think in the mythology, it's like, you know, he's not asking the king to murder his daughter. He's telling him to do that. You have to do right. this. Like, there's right. no – you're not making this – like, it's a, it's still a decision that you have to make. But at the end of the day, he's like, bro, you're doing this. It's eye for an eye. This is the way we even out shit and we're going to move on. Right. It it, so. it, it, it it almost seems like cosmic in a way, like yeah. a, a, a sort of like universal thing where it's like in order for everything to be balanced, this must happen. Right. You're right. It if you look at it like in the like astronomical course. type of thing, it's like, you know, you know, if you want to even out the scale, man, you got to add fucking 50 pounds every, you know, kind of thing. Right. It's right. what it is. It's exactly what it is. It's balancing it out and it has to be done. Cause that's just the way shit works. That's the mythology of it. Simple and plain where it's very more complex than that. But at the same time, you can simplify things like that. So, um, I kind of figured this was going to go this way. Get into a very in-depth conversation. I'm, I'm kind of good on this one. It's a fucking. It's a fucking really. It's a really good movie, and I I really challenge people out there to rewatch this movie. If you didn't like it the first time, it, say if you didn't like the way it was filmed or the you know the awkwardness of it or just you know whatever, maybe just give it a second shot. Because, um, you know, maybe if, you know, it could be anything, maybe you didn't understand the mythology of what it's based on or whatever it is, what it is. But it's a really interesting character study, really, you know, um, 
definitely definitely check it out though definitely check it out so who wants the ratings are we good dave are you done you got anything else yeah oh, no yeah i'm done no i'm good yeah. okay great flick uh gp we'll start with you all right yeah um absolutely love this one i've definitely even came up more on it than the first time i seen it uh you're right moods it does freaking cruise by for being two hours and i just love the performances i love the characters uh never been like a massive colin farrell fan but like man this guy can act when he when he gets a project like this i'll tell you that um but yeah even with the weird fucking dialogue but uh, it's definitely like i've definitely felt it better about it this time uh i'm gonna go ahead and give it a nine out of ten all right dave uh yeah i i think it's it's fantastic um <laughs> the acting the the way it's shot um you know even it, you have to have the weird dialogue otherwise it, it's not as impactful it, it's it's the whole package no, and like i, I said i didn't that. even pick up on it so much the first time but now it's like it adds to the whole you know the feel you get from from this movie it has to be that way if it was not spoken that way and acted that way it wouldn't have the same impact on you so you know, the first time I saw it, I was the highest on it, and then I went a little bit lower, and yesterday I kind of stayed there, but this conversation has gotten me back up to where I was originally at, and I'm, I'm pretty high on it. It's uh, nine and a half for me. <laughs> Man, it's like, oh, dude, no matter how many times, and I probably will watch this movie again, I'll never get past the scene where it's like, can I see your armpit hair? And then, <laughs> and, and, and then they Zach. go as, and then they go further when Martin's in the doctor's office and he's like, could you imagine walking in on that? How bad that would look? Dude, that's what I kept thinking the first time I seen it. I was like, somebody's going to come in and they're going to think he's like, you could never you know. explain. You could never simply say, oh, he asked to see my armpit hair. Like nobody would believe that. It's like, bro, you're undoing your shirt with a six year old boy. That's just like, <laughs> there's more to this than armpit hair. Nobody right. wants to see. Armpit Dude, speaking hair. of hair. How about fucking what he tells his son? He's gonna he's gonna make him eat his hair. <laughs> I know. I actually la- I laughed at that man. Well, actually, you know you, you know what? I, I, we never bring, brought this up, but like when he's trying to get the when he thinks that fucking um, that Bob is like you know faking his shit and stuff. He's like you you got to tell me the truth. You got to tell me the truth. And he's like I'm gonna tell you a story I never told anybody. And he tells that yes, story about yes. jerking off. <laughs> Yes, like, what that's what f- I thought you were talking about, Moods, when you said the one moment of the of the film. But, but instead, you were talking about something else. I thought you were totally going there. Right. With- <laughs> I, I just thought of that right now, and I'm like, oh my god, that scene is insane. Like I've never had a conversation with, like, and it's dead ass serious. <laughs> it's like so fucking serious, right? Like if there's no laughter in it at all. And just, oh my god, it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. But I mean, it just plays into how these characters are, though, man. Like it's it's so well, it's so well done. Um. I had to say what I had to, man. I really enjoy the pacing of this film. The, the, the performances are fantastic. Um, the score is so good. I love foreboding horror, right? Like you just, from the opening strings, you just know this shit. It's slowly climbing. It's like degrees every minute, you know? And all of a sudden, boom, you're hit with it. And it's fucking fantastic. Uh, nine and a half out of ten. I think it's fantastic. Nice. So, Wow. Does it make Hall of Fame? It does very nice i believe it should yeah. be. i think it's it honestly man i you know it's this is why you rewatch movies man because yes i originally well, gave this movie like a seven and i just I, I knew in my heart i was not i wasn't fully invested in it when i watched it i was like i gotta rewatch that shit because it was so compelling 
And uh, I, I think I'm just going to give it a 0.5 off because I didn't get to see Alicia Silverstone more. No, I'm joking. That's not the reason why, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Jeremy gave it a 10 anyway, so. Who? Jeremy. Oh, Did he? Really? Right on. Yeah. Well, That's I guess awesome. no matter what, yeah, I guess that was making it pretty damn easy then, so. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Dude, and it was very, like a Kubrick movie. So many things that I forgot to mention. Even the beginning of it, when it's just a black screen and you hear the music playing, that Kubrick did that in a couple movies. So I think that this yeah. guy is a huge fan of Kubrick because he just does a lot of shit like him. It actually kind of makes sense, man, because if you look at the way some of the dialogue is written and stuff and the way it's kind of projected, like there is some early Kubrick stuff that's not... 100% the same as that, but very awkward. And so if you look at uh, Dr. Strangelove and stuff, like there's some really weird shit that's going on in that and the way oh, dialogue's oh, yeah. projected and stuff. Yeah, it does kind of make sense. But I never really thought of Cooper when I was watching it, but, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. Those fucking zooms that. in and out constantly. More out, like you said, but all I kept thinking about was the shine. That's what I love about the cinematography is one of the coolest things about the movie because it's literally yeah. pulling away from every situation like it doesn't want to be fully invested in the moment, right? Which is exactly brilliant. what the characters are doing. It's literally brilliant. Like, yeah, when you said that, I was like, holy fuck. That's yeah, fucking man. awesome. I know, and I never caught that until I was watching it this time. And I was like, oh my God, dude. Like, Because I, I was... You know, I just watched last summer and I was really invested in it. I was like, hey, I'm going to try and notice more shit in this. And then that's when I caught the um, the fucking deer painting. Oh, that's great. And I was like, oh. You know, every time I watch this movie, I think it's going to, you know, that one scene in fucking, um, what's that other movie? I always think that's going to happen here, whether the kids are in class or that's young kids about the same age as these ones. I want to say it's that fucking movie that, I, oh, what the fucking the kids from the 90s did it. Wasn't there a deer fucking inside their, their 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 school lunchroom and something and it was dead or something? Shit, I don't know what that Super is. Super Dark Times? Thank you. Super oh, Dark Times. Oh, I thought you said from the 90s. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Was no, that, no, I'm sorry. Is that, not a dream, that is that a dream sequence in that movie? Or is that actually in reality? No, it happened in the movie in the beginning, I think. Yeah. I actually rewatched Super... Because that was another movie that I know like GP and a lot of people were really invested in. And it's technically a movie I probably should really like. I like those kind of teenage coming of angst type films and that are oh, set yeah. in the 90s. And like, you know, I like everything about it. And I was a little bit underwhelmed by it at first. And then I rewatched it, I think, last year. It was on Netflix. Yeah, I watched it on Netflix again. And I really enjoyed it, though. I was like, I, I just kind of overlooked things, man. It's a very powerful film. It's brutal. It's actually brutal. Do we ever... Do we Did you guys ever review that on this show? Like a full review? Yeah. No, never. Fuck, that'd be one to do something. I've never pretty, done it either. pretty sure it made JP's top 10. Oh, he loves it. Yeah, right? Top five, maybe. I would have to look at the yeah, year cool. again, but I, I became pretty fully invested in the movie after rewatching it again. But again, that's why we rewatched it, right? Indeed, yeah. So, all right. So that is going to be the killing of a sacred deer from 2017. Mother, father, what's afoot? Only possum black as soot. Mother, father, where to tread? Far from possum and his head. Here's a bag, now what's inside? Does he seek or does he hide? Can you spy him deep within? Little possum, black as thin. Alright, so moving into the second movie here, uh, from 2018, and it is called Possum. Now, this is a movie that uh, I knew about, but I never got to see 
when it came out until yeah my watch my first time watch was last night of this one so um i saw this one actually make top 10 list i don't know if it was 18 or 19 when it was eligible but uh i definitely saw this on some top 10 lists and i was like oh interesting because i really like to watch movies that you know like to see everything that's possibly on people's list kind of thing but this is one i definitely missed had you guys seen this one before i haven't i think dave did yeah i did in 2018 yep i did i was wrong though i said last week that it was in black and white i don't know where the fuck i got that from but it's it's not (laughs) the the artwork's in black and white but all right so but yeah it's my second time okay so, quick little synopsis. Um, after returning to his childhood home, a disgraced children's puppeter is forced to confront his wicked stepfather and the secrets that have tortured his entire life. Um, and it's not his stepfather. Man, I thought it was until the fucking end of the movie. It's his uncle. Yeah, I know. I, I thought, I, I thought I read that description thing. too, and I was like, the fuck? Like, it's totally not his. It's his, actually his uncle. Um, See, I was confused th- through a lot of it, but. Let me say this. There's this thing that happens. I thought I understood the. I, I grasped. Okay, there was a fire and his mother died. That's that's what I took out of it, and that this was the stepfather that he lived with them and yeah. he stayed at the house. But no, then you find out at the end when he goes in there that it's both parents. I'm like, well, wait the fuck? Yeah. Who the fuck are you then? And then then it just comes out. Yeah, straight up uncle. So yeah. you guys got that vibe as well, or no? That he was a stepfather. Well, I mean, I read the synopsis because and I was of like, the damn synopsis. Yeah, oh, well, I didn't even look at the synopsis, so I wasn't even thinking that. Okay. No, I, I do that sometimes because I literally, <laughs> I literally had no idea what I was getting myself into, so I wanted a general idea, you know. And I was like, and it, and it's kind of funny how it misleads you, like literally misleads totally. you, totally. Right. Yeah. So I mean, everything kind of works out. I mean, if you pay attention, I was, yeah. I was pretty fully invested actually from the opening credits in this movie. I was like, holy fuck, this is like so seventies looking, man. Like those credits were just like incredibly seventies looking. I was like, is this set in the seventies? I was like, but it's not, <laughs> it's totally not, but it just had that feel to it. And I was like, okay. Okay. And then I, I kind of saw how we subliminally or subconsciously fucking put these movies together because the last one being based on, you know, Greek mythology, this one is just pure symbolism. The the, the whole movie is just symbolism. Like the, everything about this film is just symbolism, right? It's actually pretty easy to follow, to be honest. And everything kind of comes out, but I do have questions. Not that I don't understand I do. the ending. No, I, <laughs> I fully understand the ending, but I, I'm going to question the ending. I'm going to question the whole movie. Because right. I thought about this about 20 minutes after, and I was like, oh, my God. And I do this a lot. I have these epiphanies in my mind, and I'm like, did I just overthink this to the point where I'm actually being retarded? Or am I just making a, you know, like a legitimate point? Um, but we'll start with quick little thoughts on the film. Dave, what are your thoughts on Possum? You know, I, I came away with the same feeling I had the first time I watched it because it's been a couple of years. And I sat down knowing that at the end of the first time I saw it, I wasn't 100 percent. I didn't under- completely get it. So I said, this yeah. time I'm really going to concentrate. And it, it, I think it made a little bit of but I agree with what you said, that everything is symbolism. I don't know what's exactly real. And I still have questions like you. I think it's well made. Uh, there are some creepy moments for sure. I really like the score. Uh, so there's there's good here. I just wish that I had a, a, a firmer grasp on everything that was going on. Uh, JP? Um, I really liked it. I think that it's very foreboding, the uh, 
puppet is like one of the creepiest Ooh. damn things in the oh world. Oh my god, dude, I couldn't Especially agree with you more. The scene where he opens his eyes and it's just like in bed with him and it's like what yeah. the fuck man? dude every scene um, with that fucking thing man is like how okay my question right away was how the fuck is this thing supposed to be like a children's puppet like you know in the narrative they, they, that's what they're suggesting is a puppeteer and he was using this right, thing to right. you know to be a puppet but again we'll, we'll we'll get back to that in a second anyways yeah so uh i think that um there's a lot of like pedophilic undertones in this film right Mm-hmm. Um, obviously directly and indirectly. Um, I think that the way that I, I think you take the movie two ways, it's sort of ambiguous. Uh, there's one way that is very like fight clubby and another way Ooh. that is, um, mm-hmm. more of like a manifestation of, uh, a victim becoming the, uh, just as bad or or sort of metamorphosing into uh you, the the mm. you, you hear how a lot of people who get abused end mm. up becoming the abuser right uh good so you could take it that way as well good point yeah and, and that's very interesting mm. that's a good segue because that's actually what i was referring to about the end of the movie is that uh so basically what we have here um our lead character philip uh has just been kind of like something's happened, you know, he's a puppeteer and he's basically moves back to his, uh, which is like such an odd setup in general, because like he moves back to like where he grew up, which it was, you know, technically we know is that it was childhood home, his parents' house, which essentially burnt down and killed his parents kind of thing. So my whole thing by the end of the movie, when I was thinking about it, I was like, why in the fuck would you ever even consider going back to a place that's completely like in shambles right like you look uh, at the inside he didn't have anywhere to go he yeah, yeah he's got nowhere else he has nowhere to go but like i mean that's is that really somewhere to go like i mean it's just it's literally like a burnt fucking piece of fucking trash it's like the craziest thing but um so anyways he moves back to his place where you know which, which we learned that his parents have uh perished in this fire and there's someone there which we're told that is a stepfather, which is kind of strange that we learn that it's eventually not a stepfather. Um, but the whole time, the whole movie is basically this character study of this person that's dealing with, you know, essentially demons and things like that. And we've got this like, we've got this like human faced fucking demon spider thing puppet that he carries around in a bag. And, and basically the entire movie, he's terrified of this thing and he's trying to get rid of it. He tries numerous times to throw it into creeks, into like these water things, and like he tries to burn it. He tries to do all this type of shit, but it just keeps fucking returning. Do you do you have a theory on that? I do, one hundred percent. Okay, my theory, and you can tell me if it's the same, is that that thing is symbolic because it of the human face to his trauma yeah. and him trying to remove it out of his life. And as trauma usually is, it, it always it comes it, back. It, it always comes back, yeah. right? So that's exactly what it is. So, is there a puppet at all? No. Is my question to you guys then. No, no. So okay. the reason why they use the idea of the puppet in the film is because he literally was a puppeteer, right? So it makes sense that he would. That if you showcase him with a puppet, it it kind of sells it a little bit more on the on the on the means that it's uh, very. It's just a symbolic thing, because there is a moment towards the end of the film where. Um, I guess we, we find out his uncle when he tries to burn it. He's like, the fuck you talking about, man? You didn't burn shit. You, you learn right there that that shit was never real. 
right? He was all in his fucking mind. When he speaks of it, that's the that's the thing. He said, did you get rid of it yet? And this and then he talked about the puppet. He said that's an ugly looking thing and everything else. That's where I get confused. Mm -hmm. Is that you're taking, if you're going to say that everything goes in one direction and it's symbolism and everything else, I can buy that if it adds up the right way. Yeah, but but it's his uncle real. It doesn't mean, okay, so this is, that's my whole thing on this whole thing is that there's two ways of looking at this movie. And I I don't want to give every single thing away. But basically, yeah, that's very symbolic, right? I think this puppet is, you know, it's the manifestation of his, his of his past, his grief, his fucking, the trauma that he's been through and stuff like that. Because he keeps coming back. You're 100% right. I think that's exactly what it is. There, There's moments of, there's moments of throughout the film that I feel like are other things like, I want to say, and I don't know, like, I'm not an expert on symbolism. And I always feel like symbolism can be interpreted, interpreted a, a lot, you know, in multiple different ways. Right. Like you have, you can be objective about it or subjective. I don't even know, but I do know one thing about there's multiple moments in this movie where they talk about, uh, like when he tells the story about the Fox, when the kids like beat it down and they stabbed it to death and stuff like that. And there's a scene where he's walking up the pathway and he sees the dead Fox and then he turns around and the Fox is living. And I'm like, well, okay, that's, uh, that's very symbolic. And the way I see that is, is that he knows physically that he's alive and I think this is the way they, they try to showcase it. I don't know, quite, you know, just see, question if I'm right or wrong, whatever. But I, I feel like him seeing the fox dead and then alive is how he is in the, like he knows physically that he's alive, but mentally he's dead, right? Because of his past. He's tortured by, you know, this manifestation of this uh, this puppeteer and stuff, which is obviously the symbolic of his past and stuff like that. And I feel like when he sees the fox alive and dead, I feel like it is definitely something to do with him. He knows, like, he's physically alive, but mentally he's dead. And that's why we get the, the physicality of the, the alive fox and the dead and the stories and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. There's other things in the movie. The balloons are interesting and the only thing I can ever grasp from the balloons is possibly it's maybe the light at the end of the tunnel. They're escaping. Really? Because, because they show the balloons wow. flying away so many times in this movie. And I'm just like, why the fuck do they keep showing balloons? I'm like, I don't even understand what the hell is going on here. But then I kept well, thinking about Well, they're black with the smoke. So right. I'm thinking right direct. It's a direct, it's a fire related thing. And it's like fucking, and you also associate balloons with happy childhood. And this is a black thing. Oh, I see. Right. If I'm getting interpreted, I'm just thinking that it's fucking a, a, a terrible thing, a fucking shitty childhood, basically. And that's fucking, I, I, that's actually all. pretty good. <laughs> I, I kept seeing it as like, you know, you're right though, man. I associate the balloons with the childhood thing, but yeah, you know, it makes but sense black. now the colors are black, right? But I see it like mm-hmm. there maybe is light at the end of the tunnel, like they're escaping. He's maybe finally trying to escape this prison of this mentality that he lives in. He's been tortured and stuff like that. I just see him like escaping because I mean, when balloons get let off into the air, what do they do? They just kind of escape into wherever they go, right? They're they're free. They're free. Like hence, you know, yep. like the old saying, they're free. And that's how I always saw the balloons is like he's eventually going to get free it keeps kind of coming back to it like one of these moments he's going to be free which leads us into the end of the film which is really really interesting because if you take it for face value and what we learn is that this guy that is in this his childhood home is his uncle and he was the source of 
all his mental anguish and his and uh, you know his physical abuse and 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 most likely getting raped. You know, I think his uncle was a fucking child molester slash murderer and stuff because we learned things throughout the film that um, that these things had happened in the past. There was kids that went missing, and then we find out that you know there's the similar things are happening here and stuff like that. Um, but it's an interesting premise because something happens with his uncle and a certain person that's been kidnapped is let free and stuff. But then I kind of go like, (laughs) you know, you question the whole fucking thing. I'm like, if this thing is all, if everything that we're seeing is very symbolic and it's not really real, was the uncle actually ever there? That's what I would, that's ever in his life. Yeah. Because you got to look in his life. Yes. In his life. Yes. But he may have died before pass away. But the thing is interesting. He said, I'm leaving. The, yes, he was there. The one thing, leaving. the one that thing that's the one thing that's really interesting about the whole situation is that his uncle never talks to anybody throughout the movie except for Martin, or except for Philip. I mean, and uh, the only moment and that vice he has, versa, right? Yeah, and they only they only ever talk to each other, which would make kind of sense of that maybe his uncle, his abusive uncle, is all in his mind, and instead of his uncle setting him up with the abducted child and stuff, was really philip the whole time doing all this shit and like he has this epiphany where we see him killing his uncle in the end of the movie and that's kind of what set free it, it kind of set everything out that's hence the balloons going back to the whole balloon thing it's like mm. he defeated his uncle he defeated his demons in his mind and then he has this th- moment of clarity where he's like kid the kid that has been inducted is real gone right lets him go because he defeated the demons kind of thing. And I was like, okay, there's two ways of looking at this. He, his uncle either set him the fuck up and he actually physically kills him or he wasn't, he was just a manifestation the entire time. And he had to defeat his demons in, in his, uh, in his, in his mentality. So my question Which is, would in case make him the actual doctor. Exactly. Anyway. So Philip, and the, re- is the reason the I lean on that theory a little bit is because, okay, so that's what you had the then? interaction okay. with the dude at the beginning of the movie, the, the right. abductee. Of course. So right, it right. proves that he was aware of this person. Whereas the uncle, there's never a scene with that person. But, in, there's, in the there's uncle, even, so. but there's even that moment too, where, where Philip is carrying his fucking, his duffel bag of hell. And he comes across those guys and they just like rent. They, they call him a pervert. They're just like, Remember? what's up pervert fucking pervert. And, yes. and, and he just kind of stares at them. And I'm like, okay. And I thought I didn't even clue into that until after I was done thinking, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Ah. That makes a lot of fucking sense. So maybe he is solely responsible. Maybe this is like the reality of what's going on. And what we're seeing is, you know, the manifestation of the demons. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man, this is actually a pretty complex fucking movie, man. And it rips by, too. Like, it's only, what, 85 minutes? And it really mm-hmm. does a good job. It's such a dirty motherfucking-looking movie, too, man. The cinematography is just... <laughs> it's filthy, dude. It's mm-hmm. filthy, man. It's really, really filthy. I love the location they shot in, like, burnt-down house and just oh, all that yeah. type of shit. Everything is just... His uncle's teeth are fucking disgusting (laughs) and like that guy just resonates fucking child molester murder pedophile like oh yeah that was well casted and shit man but i sat here after i watched this movie for about an hour and just laid on the couch and just thought about it and i was like fuck man i must really like this movie if i'm thinking about it because i couldn't stop resonating both theories i'm like i wonder what these and i couldn't wait to talk about this film i was like i wonder what they think it is 
Because I'm like, right. they've got to be thinking either way. Because I, if you look at it as a symbolic thing, that means you're already in this alternate reality of like demons and shit, right? So what is it? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I don't know so what the right answer is. I really don't know. I have a feeling. I have a theory here. And I didn't know where I was going to go because I was still confused at the end. But hearing you guys talk leads me to this. No one's addressing that this happened in the past. So here's what I think. I think that in the past, his uncle existed. And they said that there was a kidnapping before and yep. whatever it was because yep. he, he says he goes, this, this happened once before. So I think that his uncle did live with him and, and the parents at one time. Maybe maybe he even killed the parents. Maybe it's got something to do with that because they discovered that he was molesting them. No, I didn't Either way. think of that. So maybe, maybe the uncle was a molester and he did kidnap a kid and molested him. And he also molested Philip. And Philip was a weirdo as a result. And you know how it is when you're kids and there's those weird kids that sometimes get picked on and they may or may not be perverts, but they're a little bit off and they get called a pervert. And then sometimes, in, in, in the case of this neighborhood, that did end up happening where eventually people called this kid so many names so many times he ended up doing something and he got older that was perverted. And it's really weird. I think that he has a little bit of a mental thing and his performances, fucking both of them were great, especially yeah. Philip. Great performances. But he, now talking about this, here's my theory. His uncle molested him and another kid in the area when they were young. These other mm -hmm. kids picked on him just because he, he was awkward and everything else, and then he was molested, so he was then then again awkward. And maybe they just called him pervert because he looked fucked up or, or whatever, the way he acted, just weirdo, you know? And then when he finally does come back here as a disgraced puppeteer for whatever reason, I wish we knew more, but it's okay. It's not important. Well, guess, he got but. fired from school. He worked at a school. I yeah. thought he was a puppeteer and he did something with kids and there was a, a to do about it. That's why, that's why there's a scene where they, where he kind of like, he's outside the school of his old school and he's like, yeah, I used to go right. here. And the guy's like kicking him out. Cause he's like, he has that connection. He just got fired from one. And he's like, well, you know, just kind of drawn uh, back to that school kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I mean, maybe it plays into his the fact that like existed. he's a puppeteer for kids working no, in school. His, if, Dave, if he, his uncle definitely existed and definitely abused him. Oh no, that's that, why the, right. the whole symbolism with the trauma. Yeah, uh, he he has trauma, and what? But the the thing that we're that's ambiguous is is the uncle still in the picture when we see him, or has he been dead for a while now? And this is just him returning I, and sort of acting out the. That's the, what I think. In my mind, that's what I think. Yeah. In my mind, I yeah. really, really hope that the director was going for the fact that like the uncle wasn't there and he was fighting these demons and. Right. You know, I hope that he was a manifestation man because that would. I think that's a better movie. I'm not sure if that's the definitely. right answer because I definitely thought it both ways. And and the reason why I thought of it is because I'm like, wait a minute, there's no interaction at all, and I'm like. If this is the way it is, I'm like, maybe he wasn't physically there, you know, because and you if you, the, and then what really kind of decided for me is when he breaks the uncle's neck and instantly it's like it was like that sheer relief. And then he opens up the fucking box or whatever. And the kid runs out and he just lets him go. You know, I'm like, OK, maybe he was just he was fighting it, man. It wasn't real. It's like, it, it, I don't know. I just had that moment. I was like, OK. And then I got really in-depth in thought. I was like, fuck. God damn it. It could be both ways. It really could. But I think it's cooler that if that if Yonko wasn't there. I, th I, I, I totally buy into that. I think it makes the most sense, honestly. Right. So I knew if we discussed this, it would help me out. Because I had a lot of questions. But now I feel 
you've answered them. It you does guys. kind of make sense, though. Like, I mean, he's working in the school. I mean, if if he was the aggressive, like, if he was, you know, grew up to kind of be a, like a pedophile and stuff like that, and he was, you know, fighting all these demons and blah blah blah, and doing this shit. It would kind of it, it kind of makes sense because like you know when you're abused like what are you gonna do like it just seems like this happens quite a bit in reality where you find like these pedophiles and shit and they they work in the school systems and they they're around kids and stuff like that what does he do he's a puppeteer for kids <laughs> right <laughs> right it just kind of plays right into it right so I don't know but I will admit though man oh my god this, this movie's kind of similar in the aspect of you know it's the very foreboding horror it's got like this crazy score to it it's just it's it looks and just feels dirty and like it's very interesting because you really are just watching this character so awkward and and it's just the filthiness of these characters and shit and i think it's actually pretty entertaining man i thought it was really good you know i agree i just really hope it goes you know it's the way we think it is but i don't know doesn't matter. We interpret it the way we want. That's all. Right. That, that that's what this movie sets you up for. What else can you do? You mm-hmm. can't take it fucking <laughs> as what's on the screen. Otherwise, it makes no sense. So it can only be interpreted uh, yeah. whatever way you choose. You're right. You're yeah. right. And and I will give him all the credit in the world for creating one of the creepiest fucking marionettes or puppets or oh. whatever the hell you want to call it ever. Like that shit mm-hmm. is on a next level creepazoid shit, man. Really good. You know really, who made really good that? Design. No, oh, that company that did the fucking uh, image or uh, they did the they worked on Alien, they worked on um oh what the fuck I gotta look it up I, I bet I can find it somewhere but it's um it's someone that's a company or, or people that make things that have done things for horror movies in the past. It kind of reminded famous. me like right away it reminded me of the scene in the thing with that like you know the kind of the spider face type thing and I was like oh that's fucking that's creepy as shit man. I guess the spider face, but you know, like that thing with the fucking spiders and yeah, whatever the fuck it is. But instantly, kind of brought me back Dude, to the thing for a second. That one scene, though, that though, just the one time when you see those fucking spider legs come around the corner, like out in the fucking, you know, what I'm talking about. It, it, there's like a, a a fence or like a, you know, almost like a concrete fence, and he just turns around and looks, and he sees the fucking, you know, two or three legs like just coming around like it's gonna start walking and fucking it touches the side of like the wall there of a fence and then it fucking cuts away that's right. fucking scary <laughs> see that thing there that fuck that's that fucked me up man dude i love Damn. these like you know as much as i love like you know crazy scores and films and stuff like it's funny how like when you don't have that sound you don't have that you know that ability to kind of fall back on how well it works in these type of movies man it's such a quiet movie it's very very quiet i love that shit man very, very... I think it's, like, one of the most effective things, man. When you don't overdo shit. You don't have to do overdo shit. But... No, you don't. No. Wow. It's good stuff. I, I, I wish I could find out who those the people were that created it. Damn it. Mm. I don't know. It'll come to me later and we'll be off the show, man. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I was so but captivated while somebody, I was watching. I didn't even take seems. many notes. I didn't even really take many notes. I was just kind of going off what I was thinking about last night. It's like... Sometimes when I get so into a film, I'm just like, oh... I didn't take any fucking notes, but yeah, I got to say, man, the whole, I love the nursery rhymes that were going along with the fucking, the puppet. Very Duke like So it kind of, it, it, you know, it kind of plays into it more like when Uncle Maurice steals the, well, not really, but I guess he, when he's reading off the book and stuff and he kind of freaks out, he's like, where the fuck did you get that shit, man? 
Now, it makes me kind of believe even more that he's not there. Because it's torturing him even more, right? It just feels like it, he shouldn't be there. It's just, yeah, I'm going, going with that shit, man. Whatever. Yeah, because he even says that stuff to him. They talk about the candy and this and that. He goes, he goes, man, he goes, Maurice, he goes, fucking... But I forgot the word he said. Like, this place is really a shit. No, he goes, this, this place is really disgusting or something. Like, he was almost, like, chastising him, you know, for being there and but again, not, not fixing it up or something. Right, right. Because, like, the candy thing is, I, I would assume, is probably something that has to do with his childhood. And Maurice probably gave him these candies and stuff. And that's why, like, literally when he gives him one by the fire, like, he starts to gag and puke and shit like that. And he's he's regurgitating it because it's, like, poison to him. Like, that's the way I felt like it was. It, that's what I thought was happening at first when he gave him the candy was that he was being poisoned because he was like gagging and puking and shit. I was like, what the fuck is going on? But even though it's yeah, probably a, weird, even though it's a tasty candy, it's 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 the idea of where it came from. Right. Yeah. Because he said same as always. Maybe he molested him and then he gave it to him after he molested him. I think so, dude. That's exactly where I was getting that. I think that he used to fuck him in the ass and then he would fucking give him green candies, which would have been. It would have made no sense that they were blue candies because blue balls wouldn't have blue balls then. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I found it. Odd Studios, a human head created by Odd Studios, which had designed many sound effects for. Pardon me, many such effects for other films, including entries in the Alien and Star Wars franchises. So right, that makes sense, man. Because they're really fucking good. Yeah. They're, they're creepy and effective and Fuck shit, yeah. man. I can tell that JP just wrap this motherfucker up. That's what he's saying right now. Cause he, but that's what he's not, that's what he's saying without saying it right now. I can tell when he goes quiet, he's like, he, I gotta go. I gotta go. I do have to go to work. All right. Um, well, I mean, do you have anything else that you want, that you want to slip in there? Well, how about you go first? You go first. Who me? I yeah. just went first. Or okay, that's no, I meant just wrap. Okay. Well, fine, I'll go. All right. Okay. So, so I, I pretty much said what I had to say on Possum. I mean, I think it's uh, it's an interesting film. It makes you think. I really like that. Um, it's creepy as all fuck, man. It really is creepy as shit, dude. Like, I don't remember the last time I looked at something went out loud by myself. Wow, that is creepy as fuck. I literally said <laughs> that out loud by myself to myself. I was like, holy shit, that's some creepy ass shit right there. Um. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty cool, man. Um, you know, for a first time watch, man, it, it kind of hit me hard, got me thinking and stuff. I'm going with a nine, nine out of ten. I'm possum. I think it's a good film. Wow, wow, really, nice. Really, really enjoyed this, man. I just I'm glad that like we had to talk about the the alternates of the realities within the film because I I'm glad that you guys are thinking the same way because I because sometimes I bring up these theories and and JP is like yeah you're a moron <laughs> like totally not I, I remember i had one on the children and everybody thought it was just crazy but i the, remember that but there was the odd person yeah. that agreed with me though because it might yeah. it, my mind was working overtime on that one because sometimes i'm looking too much into shit but at least there was one person that agreed most people thought i was insane but i probably am insane but whatever yeah so anyways <laughs> speaking of the children this will take me 30 seconds I watched a movie the other day we had to do for the podcast. 
called The Child from 1977. And I'm watching it, and I'm fuck, it. first time watching I'm being blown the fuck away by it. And yeah. all I'm thinking about is how it's a, how an Italian movie made in the States, and it's a combination of Fulci and Argeno. And all day, as I'm watching, I kept saying, I got to fucking message Moods and see if he's seen this movie, because it's got to be Italian, but it's not. But it was blowing me away. And, and speaking of being creeped out, it creeped me the fuck out like nothing has in a long time. So anyway, we talk about it on the podcast. And then fucking Christian says, oh, yeah, this is this. And he goes, and Moods rated a four on fucking Letterboxd. I go, he did love it. I go, I knew he would. Well, I loved it too, and I just wanted to tell you about that now. So, Well, it's funny with the with – the, actually, a quick little story about that movie is that I tried to get my hands on the um, on the DVD for years, and it's out of print, and I just – I couldn't fucking find it. And I finally got one. I think Zach sent me – he had another copy. He found another one in the wild and sent it to me. It was like a month later or like a week later it got announced on Blu-ray. I was like, Fuck! <laughs> I look so long for it. And also, I have like two copies of it in like two weeks. It's ridiculous. That's why you so don't they even. just announced it's coming? Uh, coming no. to Blue now? No, it's, it's been out for a while. It's been out for a while. I gotta find it. Okay. Sorry, JP. I know we gotta get going. I just. <laughs> That's all right. I didn't tell Mooj now. I wasn't gonna tell him. <laughs> it was on my head, so. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, who, who, who's up? I think you. Yeah, it's you. Okay, I'll, I'll go with it. This conversation again has brought me up. I was a seven the first time I watched it. I was ready to say just a seven again today, and I'm not ready to go full balls deep into fucking moods territory with it. But um, um, this discussion has helped me again, so it, it's seven and a half for me. I, I I got more out of it, and I, I definitely I'm glad we discussed it tonight. Good stuff. All right, yeah, uh, this movie combines a lot of cool shit and if there's one thing you could definitely say about it is that there's really not anything like it and it's it's pretty fucking unique uh this was a film that i missed when it came out but i do remember seeing it on people's lists um i just did i i thought it was black and white too because of that cover art i uh, like uh eyes of my mother i thought it was gonna be something like that but um yeah so uh uh, I'm gonna. I, I think it's very solid, very creepy, uh, super, um, like deep in terms of like your like ability to sort of take different things from it. And I always like that movies that make me think. Uh, I gave it a eight and a half. Nice. Wow. Nice. I might come in higher next time. Like I always say, a movie's only as good as the last time you watched it. So after this discussion, next time I watch it, that might be up in the territory where you guys are. I just can't commit yet. You know what I mean? Right. Well, glad you were able to come up on it in general. Yeah, it's always good. Yeah, fucking great discussions, both movies tonight, man. Shit. Yeah, I yeah. kind of feel like I, I kind of felt like that was going to happen with these. I when I finished watching, I was like, shit, dude. Like, I guess we probably should have cut down the intro a little bit, man, because these were worthy of talking about for a while. So, but <laughs> it is what it is. But I blame Instagram. <laughs> I blame an Instagram today for sure. Yeah, that was. We literally talked about that for like forty-five minutes. Man, it was crazy. So yeah, I wasn't lying when I said we we're going to bring it up. So, um, but yeah, so that is going to conclude Possum from nineteen. Oh, from nineteen. Fuck. From two thousand and eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic, man. That's classic. All right, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show, Dave. Thanks for stopping by once again. Um, Thank you. Great to be here, man. Do you want to be back in a couple weeks to do a Universal show? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're recording that on what the twenty eighth moods. Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Sorry. Twenty uh, fifth. It'll be the those four Universal films that I told you about. Sweet. I'm down. It, yeah. It will whatever. Be. I'll just yeah. gotta get my hands on them. But yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, if you want them on. I'm, 
I think it's still readily available, right? The Universal Set Volume 1 from, from Scream Factory. Is it not? It's still in print, right? Yeah, it's still available. Yeah, so. Anyways, I'll that's, look into it. that's the one. I don't know what they're going for down there. They're a little bit expensive here, but. Like, I think it's like 40 something. Oh, that's actually pretty good. It's not bad. I think they're like about 75 here a box set, so it's, now they are. But, anyways. Is it, it's Universal Horror Collection Volume 1? Yeah, from yeah. Scream Factory, yeah. I, I have it. I fucking have it. Didn't even realize it. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. Really? So that's the one with the black cat on there. The classic black cat. Probably one of the best versions of the story. I'm excited to talk about that because I really fucking love that movie, man. It's good. I've, I have never seen it. I don't know if I've seen any of them, so this is the perfect oh, fucking time Lugosi to watch it. Oh, and fucking Carl. Oh, my God. It's like, to be honest, man, it came out, I believe, in 31 or 32 or something like that. It's really sadistic for that time period, man. Like, they they yeah. take the story and kind of flip it and, like, do some... It's crazy, man. Like, it's very shocking for the time. It really is. It's good. Awesome. I think it's There's Jerry Herring's favorite movie or something. Yeah. There's, like, a six volumes of this, so I'm sure we'll return to it again. Right. Uh, of the Universal um, films. But, uh, yeah, I'm actually really excited to check these out. Uh, they're all pretty short. And, um, yeah, so no show this week or next week, I believe. Um yeah, there'll be no show. It's, we got the Easter long weekend. I'm actually going to be out of town all weekend. I'll be at my cabin, so. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, we're going to be doing that shit out there, so. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dave, once again, thanks for coming by. show was awesome. Great conversation. Um, yeah, yeah it was thank you. Really, was. really good. I, I mean, we couldn't have IG drama, porno, and good <laughs> conversation about foreboding horror films, I guess. It, it was cool, man. It was a good show. Good show. Yeah, very, very, for very, sure. Very, very fun. So, all right. Well, we're going to get the fuck out of here and we'll check you guys in uh, episode 226. See you then. Deuces. Peace. Peace.